Is that working now? Hi. There are two people on the live stream. Welcome. Holy crap. Oh, we're live. We are we live. Are live. Hey, what do you reckon? Play the music. Oh, yeah, 100%. I love the music. <laughs> Is it this one? I can't remember. <laughs> Well, welcome to the wheelhouse, as is tradition. We're an hour and 21 minutes late. We were hoping to go live at 9am this morning. I was here at 7.45 to make sure that we did go live this morning at the correct time. And uh, yeah, we didn't. Excuse the technical difficulties. Uh, But do you know what we've done today? We have a multicam set up. We don't have our colours matched. But look at this. You can look at us from different <laughs> angles. You can go look at the boards and you can go around here and do that. And, like, we're figuring this out. We're, we're not there yet. But if you're on the live stream, you can chat to us in real time. We also have low latency. So I'm now pumping through broadcasting software. So I'm now watching other thingamajigs do thingamajigs. But all that aside, what we're here to do today is we're here to talk cars Car culture, Hass. There's a lot of big news. Hass, yeah. Uh, I, I, I want to be honest. I, I, I want to go out of the gates. Gunther, out. Oh, out. So much Gone. to talk about. Ousted. Let's unexpected. I think. I think unexpected. I, I don't know. I think it's very unexpected because I think everyone loved him so much, and I. I think maybe we overlooked like his performance as maybe a team principal because of that. Because oh, yeah. when it came out that he was gone. I had that that sort of took me by surprise. I was horrified because yeah. he's such a big character on the Yeah. Well, for those who don't know, we're talking F1, we're talking the Haas F1 team. Yeah, which is uh, the uh, American F1 team, I guess you could say. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Owned by Gene Haas. Yeah, and Gunter Steiner, if you haven't seen Drive to Survive, is probably one of the larger personalities. And he's out. He's gone. He's gone. Yeah. And so Mr. Gene Haas himself, who is the man with the money, and it's Haas Automation, if I recall correctly. Mm. Yep. Um, and you're also getting a little bit of Ipswich Road uh, background jingle there. So mm. if you can hear those <laughs> lovely, Welcome. lovely Welcome. ambulances. They've become, a, they've become a staple. Look, we asked I've got to do a drive honest, by for the start. Yeah, whenever I – it's like how people get the Air Force to fly over. Mm. So what we get is we like to The thank, 21 cop salute. Yeah, we, yeah. we like to thank our uh, our – our public services. Yep. So we give them a little salute. Br- Brisbane's finest. <laughs> Brisbane's <laughs> finest. Yep. Running them to the Martyr, Royal Brisbane, yep. all yep. those wonderful hospitals up Ipswich Road. Anyway, so, back to Formula yeah, One. Yeah, so look, uh, Formula One, it's a savage industry, right? It's a savage sport. There's Massively. so much money at stake. Um, we were talking just earlier um, before the podcast started about how much money Haas spends, right? And... I think you were saying, Rory, it's one of the biggest teams. No, I think the Scott might have Scott, said that. you were saying it's one of the, yeah. the highest well, budgeted teams, right? We had that, didn't and we? We we heard and see uh, when our, oh, Gibbo can bring it up too, but yeah. we're going to bring it up. Well, they're, they're yeah. what? They're hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, they said they're, f- you know, what, 5 to 10% under the salary cap. Yeah. All right, let's have a look. How much? Oh, and when you're in that. reach its cost cap in 2023. Yeah. Ooh. When you're at that level, there's so many big you know, investors and stakeholders mm. and people you've got to report to. And let's be honest, House has had some shining moments, but they just haven't. Few and far between. Yeah, they yeah, haven't, really they haven't progressed in the right direction. Look, they haven't. And they've been, look, in my most humble of opinions, a bit of a, bit of a comedy circus yep. and not really viewed as a serious team because no. they have and, – and 
when you think about things with uh, Gunter and the boat and, you know, some of the stupid mm. stuff they were doing for promo, you look at that. Ikea ads. Oh, yeah. and look, it was hilarious. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the comedy. But when you go, are we a world-class team or are we a three-ring circus, uh, I think it's the latter. Yeah, I agree. And I think um, if you look at sort of the history of Formula One, you've got to have a combination of everything to make it right. They, they haven't had star drivers. We all know that they had a Russian driver for a while. Mazza spin. Mazza mm. spin, yeah. And um, Mazza you know, money. Yeah. Mazza the big bucks and you can drive F1. And uh, That's right. So Oligarch, you know, pay, was paying the, the dollars there. That didn't go anywhere and he, he didn't really deliver. They've had some lacklustre drivers. Uh, unfortunately, Mick Schumacher didn't really, you know, deliver what they wanted. I thought he did okay, but not – he was just okay, I think. I think the problem for Mick is – um, he throws it away. Like mm. he causes to him. He costs more than I think. Yeah, he, he brings. He was spending a lot of money mm. with fixing, getting the cars fixed. Getting right. the cars fixed. Yeah. Um, and then you've got you know uh, car development and everything else. So I don't think he was on top of it. Who was saying? Yeah, we're talking about the reporting line leadership up. You know about how he was. He was. Um, Gunter was the one. Reporting everything back to Gene. Yeah, so uh, unlike a lot of the other teams, Gunter was probably more like Toto Wolf than he was like, um, I guess, like Alpine or um, Ferrari and that sort of thing, where Gene is the owner of Haas Automation and Haas F1, but Gunter sort of had free reign across the whole team, almost like a like a team principal and like a GM almost. So he was choosing strategies and people in the teams and drivers with really no challenge because, I mean, you can imagine what Gene Haas has going on outside of F1. He doesn't want calls every day about which, you know, young driver they should be looking at. He just wants someone to make that decision and for it to work. And it hasn't worked. And Gunter's been there for a lot longer then he's easy, like five or six years. Yeah, yeah. Quite and from the start, I think it's close to eight years. I think it was seven or eight years when I was. See, that's way too that, catching up on that. That's a long stint. And that they've never, I don't think they've ever top fived. Mm. No, they are end every time. Yeah, yeah they, they had one or two years where they were doing okay, but yeah, the, it hasn't. And you know, if you look at what it takes in Formula One, there's always been bottom end runners. Yep. There's always but been they midfield change. runners. Well, I mean, or back unless in the day, they fall off. Back in the day, you had the teams like Minardi, and they were always at the bottom. Yeah, those teams were—they were just there for fun. I think they just knew that they weren't. They had small budgets, and everything. Um, but these days, we are seeing change. But I still think we see change if, like, you know, the bottom runner might become the second or third bottom, and then back down to the bottom again. You don't really see too much going from bottom to mid, mid to you know, or mid to top maybe. But but the, I, it's because of the sal- the salary cap was introduced. Yeah. To, to change that. To combat that. Um, but it's it's such a savage sport because you could have a car that's competitive at the start of the season and then the development rates of McLaren and Ferrari and Red Bull is so extreme that by the fourth race you're no longer... Well, look at Aston Martin. Yeah, Aston Martin. Look at... Start uh, of the last year's season, they were a top three car. Yeah. They were on like podium that's right. every race. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then as development caught up, they fell by the wayside. Admittedly, they were developing too, and rumor was that they put an update on the car that went put the, the car way. went the wrong way. Yeah. It wasn't the better, so they had to get rid of that. 
the car got a little again. bit better and then start again. But still, well, the perfect example is that um, the uh, Braun in two thousand and nine, right? Mm. They came oh, yeah. in, they came in guns are blazing, and then by the end of the season, they had been caught up and overtaken. Well, was it within um, after the eighth race? Yep. they didn't win. They didn't, another, win, another they didn't race. win another race after the eighth race. Yeah, and and actually, Rory uh, brought up there's a, a documentary on Disney. Yeah, Disney Plus. Uh, which um, Jensen Button was involved in and it is incredible about that 2009 season. So uh, it's definitely... It's called definitely. Braun GP. I have seen ads for this. I would love to watch it. It is it's incredible. It, it's made very really? well. That's the is one it, with Keanu Is it Reeves. Michael Jordan Correct. levels yeah. yes. of yep. epic? Yep. Yeah. They've got everyone. They've got Keanu Reeves as the host. thinking of the music. Yeah. Mm. They've got okay. everyone. Like they bring in... I don't even understand. I would hate to have seen the budget. Like they've got Bernie Eggleston. Yep. What? Yeah. Yeah. They they um uh Luca de Montezemolo. The god. Yeah. So they've got yeah. they bring everyone back into the fray. Yeah. Wow. Like other drivers, uh, Mark Webber's in there and what I love about Luca de Montezemolo he, on the documentary, he's still um bitter. He, he's still bitter about how he thinks that they were cheating at the start. Yeah. It was wrong. And this was Fifteen years ago now. Yeah, it was just crazy. So for the for people listening who maybe weren't always F one fans or aren't F one fans, in the two thousand and nine season, correct? Yeah. Um, there was a well leading into that season. Uh, it was Honda. Um, they the, pulled out. The GFC was hitting, and they said we don't want to spend the money in F one, but they'd already developed a car, and a guy by the name of Ross Braun, who was I guess the the original. Adrian Newey, like yep. the ultimate sort of god car developer and aero specialist. He mm. knew that the car was good. So um, to cut a long story short, they ended up making a deal where it became Braun GP and he sort of bought the team. Um, and they had no engine supply. And they had no engine. Then all the other out. teams banded together to be like, no, we want this, you know, like fight for the little guys. Like we should have these guys on the grid. And they gave them an engine. Mercedes um, engine. Yeah, it was a Mercedes engine. They put a Mercedes engine in there and they're all like, we need to keep these guys on the grid and they missed the first testing and then mm. they get to the second testing and the famous line was Jensen took the car out for a lap and before that, the figures were saying their car was like two seconds faster and they were like, oh, we've, we've made a mistake but they went there, Jensen put a lap in, comes back and he's like, front end sucks, car's got no stability, it's yep. useless, like it's no good, yeah. we've got so much work to do, they're like, oh, well, you're second overall. <laughs> and he's like, that's not possible. He's like, there's no way the yeah. car's a, like a, a bag of bolts. And they yep. said, well, it's true. Anyway, things went on. None of the teams believed that they were that fast. They thought they were doing dodgy stuff with the car to make it look fast so they could get sponsors because the car was an F1 car with not a single sponsorship. It was just a white F1 car. Mm. And they got to the first Grand Prix, which was the Australian Grand Prix. And he qualified like 1.4 seconds faster yeah, than anyone else. Exactly. And then every team instantly went from being like supporters of this little team that's yeah. managed to come in to throw, feed them to the wolves. And and the history in Formula 1. So I've been watching, for those who know, I've been watching Formula 1 for a very long time. And every testing season, 90s, 2000s, a small running team would bring a very lightweight car to testing. And they would do a really good lap time and then everyone would be like, oh, it's, you know, Prost GP or Minardi is going to be a front runner this year. And it was just because they bought a very underweight car and they needed sponsorship money. Put no fuel in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they, yeah, it, it would always happen. And when that happened with Braun, I remember thinking, no, nah, these guys are not, a, they're not a real contender. Because no, they didn't even have, mm. they didn't even have one sponsorship. No. And and, this, and this, the, the funny story is that when they bought 
when the um, Mercedes engine arrived, um, it didn't fit. It didn't fit. They had to drill holes for it to fit the. Yep. So it was a real uh, botch job, and they only had two cars. And it, it was and it was so fast. But then it was the crazy part was is the reason they got away with it is everyone. So it had uh, they found a loophole where they made two diffusers. They made a diffuser within a diffuser. It's called a double diffuser. Um, and the rule books like didn't say that you couldn't have it, which means you can have it. Um, and everyone, all the teams thought that that's the way they did it. They had a double diffuser. What I didn't realize or didn't remember is they weren't the only ones with a double diffuser, no, and that wasn't why teams. it was fast. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, what what the 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 thing was they the the diffuser requires a hole in there to insert the 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 device to start the engine. And they used that hole to create for a- aero yep. to create the double diffuser, but there was a lot of other things with the car that was that was really good. Because all the it. other t- there was two other teams that had the double diffuser right. yeah. and they were useless. Mm. So then the teams put a double diffuser on, didn't really improve, and then started to learn. And by mid-season, the brawn were no good, mm. and the other teams were just rocket ships. Yeah, that's right. So yep. it, it should have been Sebastian Vettel's year, but I'm thankfully thankfully it wasn't. Yeah. But yeah, so so it, I think I, the awesome thing about F one is the past is littered with you know things that are happening even today. Mm. You know, for example, Max's dominance right now. Yep, is it's happened many times in the past. Yeah, and um, it happens like every every ten years almost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And in the past, they the or Formula One has changed the rules of the sport to curb the perfect example was in the in the zero zeros. Mark Schumacher was was racing away with world championships. And the points for first was 10, 6 for second. And they changed that to 10 for first, 8 for second because no one... Because they were like, man, people coming second are still so far behind. Yep. So they wanted to give them a chance. And then that didn't work. And then they changed the rules completely and Ferrari just... They got caught out. That's not happening now as much with, say, Max's dominance. No. So I think that we're going to see, unfortunately, another... Well, every now and then you get the ultimate car... With the ultimate mm. driver. That's you right, had yep. Michael in the Ferrari. F2000 series, mm-hmm. Ferraris. You had Lewis in the early, like, 10s, like the W13 yeah, and that. 14, 15, 16, yep. 14, 15, um, Mercedes, 17, 18, and now you've got Max in the 2020 edition, yep. uh, Red Bulls. Um, but it's, it's like a lot of people fell out of love before Drive to Survive with F1 because of Lewis's and Mercedes' dominance, yep. um, which I was definitely one of them. Um, unfortunately, I stopped watching F1 at the start of the 2016 season. Big mistake. I saw Lewis winning and I was like, oh, it's just going to be like 2014, 2015. In actual fact, that ended up being a really good season. Mercedes ran away with it, but it was a good battle between the two drivers. It was a great, great year. Um, and then 2017, uh, it was like Lewis and Valtteri. Yep. Um, but Valtteri was always a few steps behind. He was close though. Yeah. Now my biggest gripe is, look, I'm by no means a Red Bull supporter. I actually fucking hate Red Bull racing. <laughs> um, I'm a big Ferrari supporter. Uh, my gripe is that, uh, yeah, I love the drinks though. That's my problem. As we're, as we're here smashing yeah. them for breakfast. I actually, as love, you're I actually here love Red Bull. Funding the F1 team. <laughs> yeah. Will House brought to you by Red Bull. Red Bull. Um, I actually love like almost everything else they do. Uh, I just can't stand the management behind uh, Red Bull Racing mm. um, and how they just burn drivers and they seem to make drivers unlikable and then they leave mm. Red Bull and they're really likable. Mm. Um, but the issue I have now Thanks, is Alma. that they've put, they don't want someone competing against Max 
mainly because they like Max dominating. Mm-hmm. I think also because they realise that um, Max is r- extremely hot-headed. I don't think he competes well with competitive teammates. It's been it's extremely evident that he doesn't compete well with a, a, f- a fierce teammate. And they don't want to control that, so they just need someone who's reasonably okay who can bank points. Yep. Which means that it's you don't even have Red Bull versing each other. When we had the Mercedes, no. apart from one year, 2020... There was always a bit of competition. Like yep. Lewis wouldn't always put it on pole. Lewis wouldn't always win. Mm. He would win most, but there would be someone who he was having to kind of drive against in the in the other garage. Yeah, Red Bull definitely don't have that now. Checo Perez is for like a couple of races. He was okay. He was. Yeah. He's so far off the pace that it's not even a. It's a crapshoot. He Max is so far ahead of yeah. everyone else. Like he's breaking records left, right, and center, and everyone's saying, "Oh, he's the greatest ever because of the records he's breaking." Yeah, it's because it's a one-man band. Exactly. He doesn't have yeah. a teammate who's yeah. uh, like making him fight in That's like right. putting the thing in his motion, being like, "Why?" You know, I guess what happens to the drivers when their teammates fast is they think they all want to be number one, and they're like, "Why are they giving? Why is he almost as fast That's as right. me? Yeah. What's he getting that I'm not?" And they start to overthink it's themselves so many times but this he doesn't have to worry he's literally he's chilling he's yeah. doing he's virtually out there on his phone half the race i reckon he's he's doing <laughs> yeah well, i think that comes back to also red bull's history when they had mark weber and vettel yeah. and both of those guys were trying to be the number one driver yep. and they would race each other and crash and take them both selves yep. out mm. of the race so I think they maybe and they had that with they had that with Ricardo and Verstappen too. Exactly. Yeah. So Verstappen hated that Ricardo was actually faster than him. Yeah. Because so they both like learned from those lessons. Ricardo and Max like their car identical, so they built the car to Max, and no, very few people can drive apparently drive Max's car because it's very nose, very nosy, very twitchy. Um, but that's what Daniel Ricardo likes. Mm. So he came in and he was like, "Oh yeah, boom, I can." I can drive this. And yeah. Max hated it. And then every other teammate that put in there, Pierre Gasly, see you later. Alex Albon, see you later. Mm. I wouldn't. Checo Perez is going to be ousted for sure. Well, he's always had that the money coming in, the yep. Mexican. Um, Which is fine until you're winning. Money. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You don't need the money when you're winning. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, like, you know, one of my favorite examples of that competition, I was at Silverstone in 2010, and it was the famous um, during testing, they bought. Uh, two new wings and uh, I think Sebastian ruined his and they took the new wing off Mark Webber's car and gave it to Sebastian and it pissed off Mark Webber and he won that race yeah. and the famous lines he crossed the the, the, the the finish line and he goes yeah not bad for a number two driver yeah and I thought that was a it was a great little uh you know I, I want to see that Mm. So I always say my favourite years have been 2016, 2007. And if you haven't, if you're an F1 fan and you haven't seen those seasons, there's some great reviews that go for quite a length. They're, they're like you know, 20, 30, 40 minute reviews of that season that you must watch because they're, they're absolutely crackers. 2010 was another great one because right up to the end it was Weber, Alonso yep. and Vettel. Um, well, yeah, that's I what you want to see, right? I think Vettel came out, he did an interview... Um, can't remember where he did the interview, and they asked him who the who's the fastest driver he's ever had as a teammate. Yeah, and he said it was Weber. He yeah. said Webb, but he said Weber would get in his head, like get in his own head, and would ruin his own weekends. But he said Weber on his day mm-hmm. was probably easily the most untouchable driver he's ever raced against. Yeah. But he was too. Um, he always think there's like outside s- sources tampering, making yeah, him right. slower and affecting the car, and this is why he's getting the like benefit. Lewis. 
Yeah, a lot, a lot like Lewis, actually. Yeah. Lewis always thinks the world's fucking against him, <laughs> uh, which is, to, to be honest, has made me very much not a Lewis fan no. in, the, in recent I, years. I now, never was. I'm going to have to wind you guys back in here because we started this conversation about Gunter. Now, <laughs> while you guys have gone all the way down the rabbit hole of, of Formula, Formula 1, One. Yep. Uh, I wasn't aware of this, but there has actually been an appointment of a new team principal at Haas. I'm oh, not sure yes. if you've caught that. Mm-hmm. So I hope I do this justice. Uh, oh. Ao Komatsu, okay. yep. so former trackside engineering chief, uh, will be the new team principal. Mm. But I don't think these are as good as Rory's hot takes because this is somebody else's hot take and I'm just stealing it. Thank you, uh, motorsportmagazine.com. They have made the suggestion that with the skyrocketing value of teams and Andretti's interest in making their way in because has that all been solidified? Or is yeah, that but Andretti have been dancing. They've been confirmed in. They're confirmed by in. FIA, uh, with, but not by Formula One. Not by Formula One. Not by Formula One, but so they may take. Can you see where this might? Mm-hmm. Mm. See, it annoys me because I want that. So, in the FIA rule book, there is allowed to be uh, twenty six cars on the grid at maximum. Yep. Mm. Which means that that's a room for three more teams. Now the teams get yep. antsy because they're like, and there's less money for yeah, us. Dilution of the teams. I was yeah. like, yeah, Side but. Adding three teams means bringing more money. Yeah, my yep. suggestion would be, won't that bring in more money? Yeah. It's mm. like the pie doesn't get smaller mm. with more competition. No. Well, I think and they're still sponsors. thinking back to the Bernie Eccleston days who was very much, that's all my money and you get a little bit, well, that's changed yeah. now. Because uh, Bernie was very much like the pie is the biggest for me. Yeah. And uh, the heat, It's that, my pie and you can have some of the cost. Yeah, and the teams had to all get together to say, we're leaving. To yeah. get a bit more of the pie, but that's changed now. That's yeah. yeah with that's also going. harking back to that Braun GP documentary. It goes from following Braun to following that that year oh, was the, the year mm, when the teams were leaving. Team um, it was almost if right. you guys remember, IndyCar had a big falling out with Champ IndyCar and Champ Car, and a lot yeah, of the teams separated. Okay. And so you had the IndyCar series and the Champ Car series in America. Right. Um, you almost had that with F1. You almost had F1 and then you had like another offshoot, which would have had all the the good versions of F1 and F1 would have mm. been like it's a, an also rand. Yeah, um, but it never happened. So I think that people are still caught up in that. But yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if Gene does decide to pull out mm. of, of Haas... Um, admittedly, it, it can't be great for business because. Oh, I was going to say Haas Automation is probably one of the few companies involved in F1 that benefits probably a lot. A lot, do you reckon? Because people know Haas now as a Formula One team, and yeah. if you're looking at um, like sticker cutters and printing machines yeah. and yeah. Yeah. rolls, and you see Haas, you're and, like, oh, and you now know what it is. You're like Haas. That's mm. yeah, that's that company. Yep. Um, but yeah, they've probably got their money's worth out of it, and they could just focus on their main game. Especially now. because Andretti will be. And if you get a bulk cash out mm-hmm. rather than just pissing it into the wind for a circus, mm. tell you what, that's a pretty good commercial decision. Mm. Go get the fuck out, maximum dollars. Mm. See you later. Let somebody else because he's he's wound the he's ridden the drive to survive. Yep. Yeah. As a commercial operator, I'd go, mate. We're at the top. I bought low. I can yeah. sell high. Exactly. I can get out. Yeah. And if you look at it purely as an operator... All that, the teams worth so much more That's now. That's oh, a cracking gamble. Mm. And then that huge chunk of money, mm. imagine what you could do with that if you took that out of the most expensive fucking sport in the world. Yeah. Like, you could go... Like, imagine what you could do with that pile of yeah, resources. Yeah, exactly. And if you diversified into a few other things and you had Haas FMX team yeah. sort of yeah. stuff and, and you imagine the money 
there's a there's a really sensible business case in there, and because Andretti's excited as well, and I would have and, to and say good that too. and and you know you think about Gene and that you, you'd just be fucking exhausted yeah. with the shit show of that that isn't your main game. But you so raise a good point there around how lucrative is this for for companies? Mm. For Haas, it, it it would be, but I think what about for an automotive seller, like for example a Mercedes or a, a Renault or whoever? How much? Because if you go back to the two thousands and before, technology from F one we would see in road cars, mm. yeah, and not you know one off cars, but like when the BMW joined Formula One, mm-hmm. you started seeing V tens in production yep. cars, and F one technology coming down into you know, but now F one technology is so complex you don't see it in road cars anymore. You would see it in hypercars or very one-offs that they do or hybrid, yep. you know. But I don't think you see it as much in... I think the sell is that, like, Mercedes for sure made probably unnamable amounts of money selling during AMGs, the, selling right? AMGs yep. when yep. Lewis was... Ju- I agree, yeah. Yep. I, I just, I think that they, from that period, I think that they were like, we're never leaving F1. Yeah. Because they just were like, we have... Oh, cre- well, they're winning. Yeah, they mm. were winning. Mm. And I think a large portion of why Ferrari probably has a... I'd say why Ferrari has a bigger, bigger name and more popularity than Lamborghini yeah. is because Ferrari go racing. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's and what he's always pedigree. said, right? He goes, we sell cars to go racing. Yeah. So they not, have that pedigree. the other way around. Whereas yeah. Lamborghini, uh, they have race cars, but they've never had the pedigree race cars. Or well, for a few brief period, they try yeah. to. But but, mm. but are you getting to the point where now the, the, road, the road cars, what I'm saying is they're not... They get no handy hand There's no... no connection now the f1 cars are too far gone mm. they're way too they're like spaceships now yeah so there's no you can't the end there's no way well they've tried to put that engine in something and it hasn't really worked so um, the, it's more the brand name now as opposed to the i, I yeah. think so as a business case again and marketing that's, that's the one that i come back to is i look at it as a commercial exercise yep. the number of eyeballs could you think about how hard it is to capture eyeballs mm. and attention these days. Mm. F1 has done it like nobody else where now the bandwagon of every other sport is now jumping onto it. Mm. You know, tennis, cricket, baseball, everybody wants yep. a, a bloody drive to survive. And it has just turned into entertainment. Yeah. Oh, entertainment. The Americans eyeballs. got hold of it. <laughs> and and that was one of the most extraordinary things is they'd never cracked the US market. Yeah. And they'd had tried for so long and it had just never worked because it was just a rich, weird European thing. Yep. Mm. And they've done it by making interesting characters. And I must say, I think it's been funny as I have followed the local press and in particular drivers that don't have a seat in supercars this year who have then come out and been very vocal about the fact that supercars just operates as a brand and mm. ignores the drivers. And I've seen these comments... Well, I've seen it from Roland, I've seen it from Scotty Pye, I've seen a few of these people going, you're just making it about you and you have actually missed the boat on the character stories Mm. and you've ignored that and it's a serious problem because hilariously supercars seem to be the ones that aren't doing it and they bloody need to. Because yep. the characters is what everyone wants to see. Mate, the right? characters are what we want to see. Well, that's, that's how you what get become, a, that's, that's how you support it. Yeah, that's how you tune in for. And like how good's Toto? I mean, that man's a savage. Mm. Oh, and he's and easily one of the best people in the, the grid. The banter between team owners and principals, mm. because I look at the excitement that um, Betty Clemenko, like when she came in and Erebus, and then the grief that mm. she got and the, the horrors of... And, and then to watch her this year 
and to watch her decimate and to watch that woman, yeah, I mean, she has mm. gone through the fires of hell mm. and gone jam it up, you, you know, and, and just ground it out and done the work and has been rewarded for that. And I look at those character stories and I go, that is a glaring omission from supercars that we just ignore all these extraordinary stories happening here in our own backyard. Like, this is the whole point of why I started doing any of this. Mm. Where are our fucking stories? Yep. Where are the Australian stories? Where are they being told? And where are they being They're told not. openly, honestly, mm. you know, with with the same enthusiasm that we have here? And they just don't exist. Yeah. Well, we're always Australian been behind you, right? Yeah, well, there should be. Because you think about it, I would argue that the 80s... No, not 80s, 90s and 2000s, the single best racing series on the planet for actual competitive racing and enjoyment in watching was Australian, <laughs> either touring cars or V8 supercars. And then V8 supercars, what it came from. It, either from Group A, transition to touring car, transition to V8 supercars, mm. into like probably the late 2000s, maybe even early 2010s, um, was. Mate, even people overseas, there's a very yeah. well-known Instagram called, um, it's at Patina Research. Yep. He's always posting like the best old school clips. Yeah, and he, he said, he's, like, he said 2000s V8 supercar racing is the single best racing series of all time. Mm. Yep. And he's, I, an, he's an American guy. But the, also the names that we had at that era but it was because iconic. It was iconic and yeah. it was because everyone was invested. Now V8s has gone and I think F1 knew this. Yeah. F1 has left. The cars are no longer a character in itself. Mm. In the 2000s, you would watch F1 for the cars well, because the cars sounded phenomenal and then you would support the drivers chills. because you just wanted to see the car. Now, the, the V8 cars Supercars is like F1. Mm. With the car, V8 Supercars now, I don't care who's watching, they are shit boxes. Yep. They're all the same. They Who gives a shit about a Camaro and a Mustang? Mm. They're not even Australian cars. They don't look any good. No. They don't sound that crash hot anymore. They're not um, actually based on the uh, road cars either. Like I'm, I know they're all space frame and everything, but yep. the actual cars don't have the same wheelbases no. the yeah. body panels are all custom they don't panels. Even look like the, the bonnet every the doors the whole yeah they don't lot. look the same but they're all they're all identical and it's yeah. like nascar has like, that yeah nascar with but nascar has on. 44 cars on a grid mm. so every race is an absolute it's, debacle it's mayhem it's raw mayhem mm. vs supercars don't have that and then we still go to these horrendous racetracks like simmons plains where the cars don't pass each other apart <laughs> from one corner yeah. like what are we yeah, yeah. And the cr the crazy thing that V8s are ignoring, like oh, I've seen it all over the press as well. That's what Scott was talking about with Roland Dane and that sort of thing. Um, and the drivers saying, you guys have almost entirely missed the boat in building a new V8 supercar brand. And V8 supercars is, it's dying. It's nowhere near as no. popular as it once was. No one cares about it anymore. Well, again, it, it goes yeah, down to that hole ago. where I feel good watching it because I've got an SS Commodore at the front. Yep. Of my house or a Ford. Exactly. So the cars were yeah. the reason we watched. We yeah. don't have that now. No. So we need to be doing something. Exactly. The drivers are all legends. Mm. How has David Reynolds not got a show of himself? He is one of the funniest guys in motorsport. Mm. So many of the blokes are funny, but yeah. you can also see it, it's like working in politics, how you don't actually hear what people think until they're winding out. Yeah. Because they're not allowed to speak. They're not allowed to say what they think. And then the minute they don't have a drive anymore, all of a sudden they got a, they've got opinions about everything. Yeah. Because they are clearly told, shut the fuck up yep. or you're out. Yep. And that brings us to here. 
Mm. If you don't let people speak, good, bad or otherwise, like, mate, if people say dumb shit, that'll get your press as well. Yep. You know, it's okay for footballers to shit in a fucking hallway and they keep getting their coverage. I'm not sure what supercars are worried is going to happen. Going off that point, I'm very interested to hear what Gunther now is going to come out with. I've got to be honest, that man will get his own show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just yeah. going back to that, um, I'll give you a couple of stats here. Um, so Haas has been in Formula One for eight years. Um, they have had 160 races and they've had no podiums. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are within $10 million of the $135 million budget cap. Yeah, see, that's, that's not performing. No. And, but on the face value, it was still a shock to us because we see Gunther. It was kind of like everyone blowing up when Daniel Ricciardo got ousted. It's like, yeah, we love Daniel Ricciardo. He was, he was great. It's not good. It wasn't good in that car. Yeah, he, he was no good. He, was, he just wasn't yeah. good in the McLaren. Everyone's blaming Lando, blaming the McLaren development, blaming Zach Brown. I fucking love Zach Brown. I think mm. he's awesome. Um, it was just Daniel either didn't like the car or fell out of love with F1 or maybe he wasn't talented anymore or needed a break. And it happens. Mm -hmm. And it's like we ignored that or a lot of us ignored that because it's Daniel Ricciardo and it's how do you you not love the guy? Um, And we think back to him at Red Bull and how ridiculously good he was. Saying that in that AlphaTauri, he's actually now started performing. That's why I said I think he might have needed a break. He might have been burned out. Definitely. it's and a long time at the top, mate. To yeah. hold that intensity, to literally be at red line for years, Very physically, mentally, drivers. emotionally. I think 2012 was his rookie season or something oh. like that, somewhere around there. There's no way you just couldn't be absolutely rooted yeah. from it. Well, look at Alonso. Up Alonso to took years. a break, came mm, back, yeah. weapon. Yeah. Well, very Again. few drivers can do that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah have, a lot I've, of them stay racing. Yeah, but like uh, I remember years ago, Mika Hakkinen took a sabbatical, came back and did a test and was like three seconds of lap yeah. style and they were like, you're not coming well, back. Well, Michael came back. Well, that's what I'm saying. Very few drivers mm. can. Michael, Alonso, Lewis probably. You know, that sort of colour. But, but, you know. Well, Ricardo seems to, he's definitely picked up, a, he's definitely stepped up a notch. His I, don't, performance I don't think we'll see him at the top again. I that's don't my, think so either. I really do not think yeah. we're going to see him. No, he's, he's off the boil. Look, he missed his he missed his chance. He wanted to be the big dog. He went. I think if, if Perez, a good paycheck. if Perez had have properly yeah. tanked, and if Lewis had have beaten Perez for the second position in the championship, yeah. I think we may have seen Ricardo move into it. I don't think we will now. Mm. It'll be good to have him on the grid. Oh, we might see him in that team, but I just thought we're not going to see him winning. I don't. Think oh no, we're not going to see him winning. I don't think so. Now we've got a bit of live I'd chat. Love on to be proven wrong on mm. here. Uh, we've had props from uh, Mr. Daniel Sharp with fantastic sound and picture, um, but he would also like uh, Bart to speak into his microphone. So mate, if, Sorry, you, just, if you could work on that for Sharpie. I'll get a bit closer. <laughs> to and it. then I've got Mr. Andrew Price joining us, and uh, off the back of our last discussion there with Mr. Danny Rick, who we love adore and can thank for the shoey um andrew has said the car makes a big difference as well so a car that doesn't suit your driving kills your confidence and it's frustrating mm. which well, it's true but you're paid i think that's a a very big cop out like andrew would notice anyone andrew is actually a competitive professional race driver Absolutely. but i think at f1 level there is no yeah, excuse no tough shit you're getting paid so it's much literally your job top 20 in the world 
racing driver, mm. figure the fucking thing out. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, if you can't, what are you doing in F1? And mm. that was what happened. Yeah. Obviously, he couldn't figure it out for whatever reason. And it, it annoyed me endlessly. I saw heaps of people commenting saying, oh, McLaren aren't looking after Ricardo and yeah. Zach Brown's doing him dirty by not letting, like working the car around him. I was like, what? Imagine being in a job and being oh. like, oh, man, yeah, I get yeah. that you're struggling doing your job. Like, what can we do to fix it? It's like, <laughs> figure the fucking shit out. Ab- absolutely. And it's, it's like, drive horrible. your car. It, it's horrible, but it is a horrible business. Yeah. Like, this is not um, a nice business. No. This is shit or get off the pod. And yeah. with a lot of people watching, so you better be real comfortable shitting in public. I'm going to go back to Nico Rosberg. Yep. Beaten 2014, beaten considerably worse in 2015. Uh, uh, annihilated he, in 2015. He figured it out. Yep. And he thought, they're never going to make the car around me. Yeah. Lewis is clear. He's won the last two. Yeah. This 2016 car is going to be a Lewis car. Mm. I'm going to need to drive like Lewis. That's right. And, and I, he won. Yeah, he did. And I hate the people who go, oh, it's because Lewis had a you know technical. They all had technical issues. Yeah. Right? That's not That happens in every season, in every Yep. Um, category, right? So that's not an excuse. If you're going to win a championship, you've got to have more than one race yep. up your sleeve buffer. So, yeah, he figured it out. Um, and that's what they should... That's what that's Ricardo what should Ricardo have done. But I think Ricardo was burned out. I, I totally agree. I think he was, he was I done. I think the man was cooked. Like yep. that time at Renault, going from Red Bull, kicking ass, and then having Red Bull at your disposal, and going over to the French team and going, oh, God, it just hasn't... Yep. Come back. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mr. Price, to uh, loop in on the last point, said, correct, zero excuse. You need to move on if you can't make it work. Mm. And then Mr. John Newstead has jumped in and said, with that much data at your disposal, you definitely know where the extra few tents are. Yep. And we know that just from our mates who go running their Haltex around the track. Yep. They are analysing their data on their piss-poor slow laps yep. around QR just to have a look at where they're cocking up. And you think about the amount of data they've got on their semi-road cars as compared to the finest oh, in the world. The amount of data that these guys Correct. Have, who is... Um, if you're getting it wrong, it's going to be pretty clear to find yeah, out where it it's is. It's pretty well, clear that the, the, the issue at hand is this is how, this is how Lando is fast. Mm. This is where he's fast. This is mm. what he is doing. Mm. Um, you need to do that. And then Ricardo goes out and can't do that. It's like can't do it. the yeah. problem is now I think he was struggling to give a fuck i think yeah. he was he was burned out yeah. and his talent was wearing thin from it yeah, so I, I think so i'll give you a stat here so an f1 car carries around 300 sensors on board and through a race weekend they'll get one and a half terabytes of data yep not Thanks. only that the other uh, the other crazy um i guess detail they go to is every lap that the car does the data for that lap has is sent back to hq Mm-hmm. And then they yeah, run they're a simulation. Live. They've got like NASA. Yeah. Yep. And like they run a simulation. They run yeah. a simulation that's extrapolated from that lap. <sighs> and they go, if we keep doing this, this is where we're going to end up. And then the next lap, if we, you know, if we keep doing that, and then so little changes are made to car setup to strategy, all because in the back they're doing like seventy simulations. Yeah. Because you've got the whole rocket science team back at HQ yep. yeah. with everything at their which disposal. Is, which is why now, if you look at the sponsors of these teams, the mm. data companies, they are big data companies, right. aren't they? And see, that makes yeah. sense. Like Oracle and stuff. Like with the sick chrome rims, that honestly <laughs> was one of the greatest things yeah. I'd Google seen. Google, like, I, I can't wait to see the Bing AI wheels. They're going to look great. <laughs> the big. Bumpy triangles. That'll be sick. Um, I'll give you one last stat 
for Haas, and then I'll shut up about them. Please, let's go. Then we'll then we can wind up on F one because mm-hmm. we've pumped F one this morning. Talking yeah. about teams that got it together, Haas got it together in twenty eighteen. Yeah, they were fast. Haas finished mm. fifth in the constructors' yeah, championship yeah. Really? with no yeah. podiums in twenty eighteen. Consistencies. That was that was yeah. yeah. just K Mag. I think that was right. Just punching uh, Kevin. Might, might have been. Yeah. 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 It was definitely really? K Mag. So for one year they got it right, and but since mm. then they. Haven't. Well, that's F1. I always yeah. find that, you know, the next year you've just, boom, you r- yeah. rules or regulations or other people. It gets well, constantly. Right, again, look at Lewis. The man was untouchable. Yeah. yeah. Like, it really got tiring watching him win. That's right. After. It got, it was proper. It was, it was exhausting. It was proper tiring. Yeah. yeah. It was I'm like, yay. And now we're back, like, it, you had 20, 2021. It was probably one of the, another mm. very, very good season mm. where right. it was it Max, was and, actually. Max yes. and Lewis. Right. You're right. And then you had 2022, right. and you were like, oh, it's, it's fresh. Like, mm. Mercedes are struggling. Mm. Yeah, here we go. You know, here we go. And then you got 2023, and it's like, oh. It decimation. And now, what are we looking at in 2024? Because if it's more 2023, right. it's going to be like me with VS Supercars. I'm yeah. not going to watch any races. Well, yeah, it'll, I, it'll be RB19.1. Yeah. Like, it'll just be the same mm. car with. A little bit different. Yep, and then it'll be funny, like take a stab at all the Red Bull fans, that they'll all be enjoying it, even though they hated when Lewis was always winning, and they said yeah, that was a problem exactly. with F one. It's like, well, it's great when it's your driver. Well, oh, I remember, cool. and I keep going back to my golden, you know, the early two thousand. Somebody, one of the commentators said it was actually Martin Brundle. I think mm. he said, I love "You Martin. have to enjoy what's happening here with Ferrari and Marcus Schumacher because mm. it's not going to happen forever." And it's the same thing you have to remember with Lewis and now with Max. Mm. Together. Yep. It's not going to happen forever. No, but. So you got to kind of enjoy it, but I, in the moment it's hard to. I'm not a Max fan. Like I'm not a Max fan. I'm a little bit of a Red Bull fan because I love um, Red Bull. Yeah, love Red Bull, <laughs> and you know I love the team boss. But I love what Red Bull did in the 2023 season because it is statistically the greatest season. It was insane of mm. F1 ever for mm. a driver. He broke every single record yeah, just did. about there is to break. It was mind-bending. You you can't just do that. Like that's not something you just pull out of the bag one year you have to build which red bull have done for years and years and years on end to do what they've done i think is an incredible thing i'm mm. not a fan of them but i love what they were able to achieve i hope they don't do it again yeah yeah i hope they don't go and break all their records again and score even more points but i love what they achieved because yeah. i got to witness it yeah and we'll probably never witness that again no. but see my I hope was that when the because 2022 is first year in a season of the new salary cap my hope was like Red Bull win. They won 2022 pretty confidently. And I was like, all right, salary caps in. It's going to be a bit of a change now. Mm. Who's going to be on the top? Oh, Red Bull are on the top again. And now coming, if Red Bull win again, I'm like, what's what's the point? We're still the same as what we were. We're back doing the stupid yeah. Mercedes domination era. But what's, what's hurting the sport is reliability. Yeah. Because <laughs> reliability is so good now. And if you haven't watched the race from the late 90s, and obviously earlier is is better, but I'm saying closer to, to now, which is early 2000s, mid-2000s, late 90s, they were a shit show. Mm. You'd always go into Melbourne, which was the first race of the season, and you'd know there would only be six cars finishing. And it was awesome because you'd see a Tyrrell that would be mm. on the podium. Well, that was like and the beginning of the hybrid era. Like the yeah, beginning of the hybrid era, you had yeah. all blown up. They were all blown up. Breaking down a so, race. Anyway, that's... You know. All right. to check for Formula I'm gonna One. I think We're going to wind yeah. it out there on uh, Formula One. We've been bashing that one now for 40 minutes. So Rion thank, thank you, Gunter. Uh, <laughs> Rory, I'm going to throw to you. Where, where are we punching next? Because I know we had a couple of things to talk about today. I think the next one is probably a topic mm-hmm. that I'm surprised we haven't really spoken about much more yet, considering it is uh, really dominating the <laughs> news articles, news headlines, and everyone into cars. Let's go. And that is car theft. Oh. 
That's a spicy meatball. That is, that is. And I this comes uh, very familiar for us, um, especially for Jazz. Jazz recently had a friend of his had have his car stolen. Yep. Um, won't name any, any names who was involved, yep. but can we name the car? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, so um, I, I think so. Let's preempt it a little bit with, you know, we all heard news and stories on and around uh, what's happening in the UK, right? And in the UK, you know, the stats that I've been reading is there was a four-week period in, in last year which where 40 Ferraris were stolen. There was, um, was like 120 Range Rovers that are still stolen every weekend, right? So 120 Range Rovers a weekend. A weekend. So if you own a Range Rover in London, you cannot get it insured. No. If you own a Range Rover in anywhere else in England, you have to sign a waiver to say you're not going to drive it to London. And Range Rover prices are crashing like crazy. And that's just one of many because they're, they're able to get these, you know, devices that, you know, that you can uh, replicate the signal and repeat signals and jump in and take off with the car. Um, I think we're kind of seeing more and more of it across the board, across the world. But I'm, you know, I was shocked to see it happen here in Australia. Yep. Um, as Rory said, with, with somebody I know. I'm, um, I'm looking at some stats here. I've ripped up some stats. Yep. Uh, these are from Budget Direct. They are, uh, I think they're 2021, 22 stats. So not up to the minute. But Queensland is... Just check your phone, Rory. car theft capital of Australia. Is it really? Mm-hmm. So... I'd have to be corrected. So 2021, I think it is. I think this is the number that I'm looking at. 15,805 vehicles stolen in Queensland. Uh, A close second in Victoria, uh, 15,353. So monstrous numbers. Then New South Wales, and you think about the size of New South Wales and the population density, uh, they're only 10,400. Might go check out my car outside. <laughs> Is it maybe because us Queenslanders we're much more relaxed? Yeah, Look, possibly. I, I think so. So the so the car that was stolen was an M five CS. There's only twenty in the country. Twenty twenty two M five CS. Like twenty twenty two M five CS. So it was a very new car, very special car, and you know it's been out to a couple of meets to Rory's meets. Um, I've driven the car quite a few times. It is a, a, an absolute weapon, and if you haven't, don't know about the car. Go and watch, you know, like a Chris Harris video on it or yep. something. And they're just, they're, they've, they're actually known to be one of the best M5s ever made. Well, not even that. I think it was uh, one of the best, cars one of the best ever BMWs ever made. Ever made, yeah. yeah. So, um, unfortunately, you know, um, the, the thieves got, you know, managed to get the keys, um, break in, get the keys and, st- and steal the car. The car has been recovered, um, thankfully. So, if, uh, for those of you who didn't know, it has been recovered, but... Obviously, you know, it's not in pristine condition. It, is, it was damaged, yep. stolen, no. damaged. So. And, and once it's been driven by somebody else, there's a yeah. taint of, yeah, yeah. It, it, that's really very unpleasant. Yeah, but it's good to know those stats. And yeah, the question and Brisbane I to tops the crime list for go. thefts with over 7,400. Well, I right. think the reason, so it'd be as bad as it sounds, the, it's... People driving from, I guess, outside the city limits, I yep. guess you could say. Um, they're driving from the block <laughs> yeah, into the city uh, to more affluent suburbs because they're the cars that they want to steal. Um, right. They're not it's, just taking cars. It's Audis, BMWs, it's cool 
stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. cool stuff. Whereas, if, and they're the ones, and and theoretically, they're reasonably easy to steal. And yeah. the the big one is because you just got to break in, grab the key, and you're done. Or That's if right. you've got one of the readers or rolling code things. Yeah. So the the signal, um, the signal copiers or the signal amplifiers yeah. are very uncommon here in Australia. Um, once uh, when we heard about this M5 CS getting stolen. Uh, during the period of us trying to hopefully find the car, I did a bit of reading um, because at the time we were unaware of how it was stolen and I was, I guess, praying and hoping that it wasn't one of these um, these signal copiers that they use over in the UK. It's mm. essentially like a, a scan tool attached to a laptop and they can like hold it outside of your house and it can find the signal that a key emits, replicate it, yeah. put it into the laptop and then and the laptop it. becomes the key. The key. Correct. Um, and then it... That isn't like able to unlock the car and drive. That laptop, the car thinks the laptop is the key so they can drive it and start it whenever they want. Um, But it's very uncommon most places other than in London. And the reason people think is because London is so heavily filled with data that um, everything has extended range there. Whereas in Australia, as anyone who is with Optus would know, that um, our range isn't actually that crash hot. So yeah. you can't even get reception like in my house with my phone because yeah. it's got um, more insulation. So if you if my phone can't get reception, a signal replicator isn't going to. But they're breaking into houses. And the one thing that someone mentioned to me recently, um, when was the last time you guys heard of someone getting broken into and having the TV stolen? Uh, 1997. Yeah. It back, doesn't happen. Back no when one. a TV was worth money because you're buying them at Aldi for five hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah. No one and gets and they're robbed. not bolted to a wall. No, yeah, yeah. and, and like, no one get, no one gets robbed anymore. No. Yeah. Like, was, you know, you used to get Playstations and Xboxes stolen, and but that's they break in. They don't care. They're just yeah. like um, key. Yeah, yeah, it's gone. And gone. But so I just want to touch on something there that's really Please. important. Um, the reason why cars are getting stolen here is different to reason why cars are getting stolen elsewhere. Yeah. So in the UK, cars are getting stolen and they're being sent to the docks and they're being shipped off to the Middle East or to Russia or somewhere. Right. So they're all disappearing. They're not. So it's gone in sixty seconds. Stuff. Yeah. Whereas Rory was saying the other day, and I and I've learnt from the from the, the my friend who had the the M5 stolen after speaking to the police. Here it's for joyriding. It's joyriding. And it's I like don't a flex. get that. It's I don't understand that. I don't understand of ah, well. going to the effort of stealing a car, joyriding and then dumping it. Uh, that's because you're too old. You're not flexing <laughs> on TikTok. That's, that's right. And, Rory, and, being, right. and being a 12-year-old badass. That's not bussing. Because... <laughs> uh, just touching on that point, the mm. cars are getting stolen for the export market, but it's not the cars that you would think it's right. things like skylines it's, and utes yeah. and other stuff like that mm, right. that gets stolen, put in the container within like two or three hours, and then within twenty four hours they're on the docks getting. I think sent even, I think even that's more limited. I think it's. But I thought it was very difficult to do that because a, a, a customs or an export agent would see what's in there and go, "This you're not allowed to sell. You're not allowed to send a car over without proper documentation." I'm sure that bags of cash solve there, problems. There's ways yeah. around it. Yeah, yeah right. I think in Australia it's a lot more. Di- you'd, you'd find that cars will be getting stolen in london and mm. sent elsewhere because it's much easier to send a car to a different country when you're in london than it is when you're in australia because yes. the closest country is fucking miles away exactly yeah. um so i think here it's very much there would definitely um you, you like Gibbo said there'd definitely be cars being stolen and put in mm. in boats and stuff like that but i think that maybe is like shrinking as a percentage mm. I think now it is literally just joyriding because these kids that are stealing the cars, they have TikToks and Instagrams. Mm. Yeah. 
And it's literally clout. It's, it's clout. All, all the stuff I've seen and my knowledge of... Uh, uh, clout, street cred <laughs> and initiations. Kids, kids in care. Yeah. Um, that a lot of it is related to that. So yep. they are kids that do not have a good structure, have Got probably it. grown mm. up in a reasonably disadvantaged environment. Yep. And, you know, in a sense for... There's not going to be a slap life. on the wrist when they get home. And then the, no. the other problem, and again, this is my understandings around it, and I'm, again, delighted to be corrected, um, but people over the age of 18 who can actually go to jail for this, um, they actually engage in encourage, so, you know, mm. outlaw, outlaw gang style, and say to these kids that are 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, because you are under this age, you just get a slap on the wrist yep. Yep. And, and you're walked out and taken home via McDonald's, um, there are no consequences. Mm. And this is always a very difficult argument because there is one side that says, uh, string them up, yep. and then there's the other side that says they don't know any better and nobody knows what to do so nothing happens. Correct, yep. yeah. um, but that is the primary driver is that they are encouraged and taught how to do these things and then they can do it relentlessly yep with no consequence it's really bad so my neighbor so my neighbors at home um they had their rav4 or something stolen from the driveway um they were essentially they'd left it there with the keys in sort of thing like that oh um, Never yeah. good. I mean, no, look, they were pro, like, pro tip, take the yeah. fucking keys out of the ignition. <laughs> they were like un- emptying the groceries out of it or whatever. Uh, that's one of the big ones. Yep. If you leave your car running on the driveway. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how it was. It was just a um, right place, right time for the thieves. And they took the car and there was um, a bunch of resident houses um, like my house and a couple of other houses that had CCTV footage. Um, of the kids who stole the car. And yeah, it, was, right. it was actually a, a female and a guy who stole the car, um, young. And the neighbours were telling me that when the, the cops came and they, they told the cops about the car getting stolen, they gave them like a like a caricature of what the person looked like. Um, the cops were like, oh, yeah, we know them. Like oh, they wow. didn't even, they just described like, uh, you know, young, like middle to late adolescent mm. girl, yeah. long dark hair, like white shoes, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Guy was wearing red ball cap. The cops were like, yeah, we know them. Yeah. Like they didn't even wow. know. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we know and who they are. that's probably one of the worst parts is these kids are always known to police. Mm. Yep. And, and they're equally frustrated that they have no capacity to... Yeah. Well, the problem well, we're facing now is that um, like anyone in any job, uh, if you are doing something and you continuously do it and it just keeps happening as a problem... You're like, well, I'm just not going to start doing that. So cops are now giving much less interest and much less concern to stolen cars because to you've got to feel for the cops. Mm. Imagine I pulling do. over the same people over yeah. and over, handing them in, and then not, they're back out in the streets. Yeah. You're like, what the? who cares? Well, it's funny because the cops did say to my friend, they said, oh, it's most likely kids. Yeah, You'll find the car in two days. And like everything they said, I was like, nah, surely not. And everything they said was, was yep. precisely accurate. Yeah, exactly. So, so I think a top tip would be if you uh, don't have any sort of security on your car and, and you do have a car of value is to, you know, either get an air tag, mm. get a remobilizer, put your keys somewhere away. Well, there'll be a few top tips. You could, yeah. So, the few top tips would be um, buy a manual. 
Because if you look at the percentage, <laughs> apparently they look... I heard a story three or four months ago. Um, a guy's Porsche got broken into in his garage. Oh. Uh, they got the keys. They got the car, hopped in. It was a GDS... Um, manual. Boxster, manual. And uh, on the CCTV footage, they just dropped the key and walked out. They couldn't find drive. Well, they didn't even hop in the car. They opened the door. <laughs> they opened they the door, that, looked like, Damn it. <laughs> well, he didn't know that that's why, but he says they both opened each side of the door, looked in the car, and then oh. one of them just threw the key on the ground and they walked out. Right, nah. So they don't want a manual, either because mm. A, they can't drive it, or B, it's, it's, hard to it's harder drive. to drive. Yeah. The other ones would be like air tag your car. Mm. Don't just put it in the glove box no. or do the thing Scott said, buy two air tags, Multi put one in the glove tag. box. One easy to find, one impossible to so find. So then they out. think if it continues to update that it's just a glitch. Correct. Um, other ones would be, you know, if you've got like a Japanese car, um, put an immobilizer on it, yeah. reactivate the Subaru pin code. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you got one of them. Oh, don't get me started on them. <laughs> yeah. Or um, get the good old club lock back like yeah. it's the 1990s. So my parents that. Is the funniest thing. I've got one for my old Falcon. I've got a club lock for that bad boy. It's the funniest thing because, you know, we haven't seen those since the 90s, right? Remember you used to see the ads on Everywhere, TV? mate. I was in London just a couple of months ago. Every Range Rover has got a club lock. They've all got yeah, them you over have there. a club lock. <laughs> I, my wife's father, she, uh, he had the old Kingswood. And he, his story was he'd like put a chain, he had a bolt at the thing and he would put a chain through the steering wheel and yeah, bolt right. it down into the floor uh, so that the car wouldn't get stolen. Yeah, my parents have started it. using... A club lock. Mm. I That's saw amazing. it on their club well. So you heard it here first. Wheelhouse, invest, stonks. Well, maybe. Buy, buy into club locks. <laughs> well, maybe we'll start releasing a line of club locks. Oh, the wheel. I think, oh, uh, my God, the wheel lock. lock. The wheelhouse club yeah. lock. Yeah. And, and it's got They're air back. tags in it. It's good and we'll do the, um, the midday, you know, telecommercial where. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't let this happen to you. As seen on TV. And and then we can be, ah, yeah. oh, do you want to be the bad burglar? You look scary. I do like, look scary. Yeah. We're totally making this commercial, aren't yeah, we? It's an actual we're, thing. We're, we're going to release our own line of tracking products. You laugh now. We're going to be millionaires yeah, making this. We're billionaires. Yeah, this is, this is how you make your money. In this I, um, <laughs> Take it to London. We'll be trillionaires. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we'll sell I, them on the street. And then what we'll sell, we'll sell away... To the thieves on how to get through the lock, <laughs> Microsoft way. Oh no, um, we'll, both sides no, of the we'll, army. Uh, right. Do the Apple backdoor into it yeah. that they absolutely don't give to the FBI. Mm. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, it, yeah. It, doesn't, no, no. It, it doesn't exist. If the FBI is listening, don't. Yeah, yeah. His how to do it, but it doesn't exist. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> My phone just like vibrated when he said that. I saw. I I watched the uh, the Mighty Car Mods uh, racing in Kuala Lumpur Christmas episode, and they had a good one on there where the Malaysians. A lot of the cars are manual over there. They actually have an attachment that goes on the gear stick that you put a pin through and a lock and then you can't oh, move wow. the gear oh, stick. Yeah. So you, if you put it in drive, like you put it in first or whatever, you can't then take it out of gear, out of drive. Got because it. they have a lot of car theft happening over there. So, you know, that's their, like, if it's stupid, you know, if it's simple and stupid but works, it's not stupid. That's yeah. when you take the handbrake off and you just start the car and it rolls in. Yeah, so you can leave it in, it leave it in neutral, <laughs> otherwise they're going to drive your car in first gear. No, 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 no. Now, I've got to jump in here. The uh, chat has lit up. Yeah. Uh, racing driver Andrew Price has also jumped in and said, uh, interestingly, knows a little bit about car theft. Okay. Which uh, he does. Given yep. that he also does a bit of... Uh, car theft? Yeah. <laughs> car theft and recovery. I'm not so sure if you saw his uh, He's a Falcon station wagon okay. got rammed the other day as well. Oh, true. Yeah, right. mate. He, uh, he, he really copped it. So in December, January 
2022-23, Uber car share had 300 cars stolen between Victoria and Queensland. Uh, Newey tells us Queensland government recently committed a polair chopper to North Queensland Townsville due to the massive car theft problem. Kids stealing cars for Instagram and TikTok notoriety. Wow. Yep. Um, uh, has also said cars are being dumped in, so like Garden City. Um, and I know that there's two dumped cars actually like on the block where we are here mm. um, just from the Christmas break. Jesus. So there's two that have been identified yep. like right now where we're sitting. Um, and then we have some more comedy from Mr. Daniel Sharp. He suggests that we need underdoor flamethrowers which I must say I'm also a big fan of, if you've seen that South African... In South Africa. Africa. Absolutely magnificent. Um, Now, Shappy also says, in the glory days of club locks, the big thing was these are so easy to get past. So we are going to have to make the wheelhouse club lock. I I remember there was one that you could actually... you could just foot up and snap. And snap them, but then they made a second and like, you're not snapping. Yeah, Yeah. whatever the one that my parents use. Yeah. Um... I was gonna say we you, can we can, can make is like it's 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 so stu- there's no way no you're way. snapping it's it in half. It's a solid bar. Yeah, yeah, it's a proper piece of steel. Yeah. It's so heavy. So uh, Shappy like said that'll that'll bring the old creams out of retirement. Mm. Uh, the the, <laughs> no, the, kid, the, the kids OGs are with us. will have grinder. to teach the kids. Yeah, mate, they'll be there with the uh, an oxy torch sideways. Mm. Yeah, mm. going through that. Uh, see, I, I like where this is going. I, I enjoy a bit of research and development. Well, the, yeah. those um, those steering bars are actually quite easy to get into the key lock ones because you can just drill out the key barrel. Oh, yeah. can you? Yeah. yeah. You drill out the key barrel and then that, like the, you can get a screwdriver in there and then flick the little tab. And yeah, then right. can, Don't ask me how I know yeah, that. Yeah, I was going to say. No, then you can retract it. Uh, yeah. I know what it was. Is Subaru broke. No. Yeah. That's it. That, yeah. Let's go with that. That, that would have absolutely been how that happened. But to wrap it up, I think, like we've touched on, is very few. A lot of people seem to think that we're getting the replicators and stuff here in Australia. We're not. They're, they're, they probably do exist here, but very limited yep. use. These kids are not stealing cars for monetary purposes, so they don't care. They'll just hit each house until they get a car. They're taking your keys. So, yeah, we live in Queensland. We're virtually an old farm state. Everyone leaves their keys in mm. the foyer, in a glass bowl, hanging up on the wall next yeah, to the door. With the front door wide open. Yep, mm. with the door unlocked. You can't do that anymore. No. Buy a Faraday box, lock your house, buy a fucking safe if you have cool cars. Do something. Just put the keys in there. Yep. And if you, ha- if you don't have cool cars, don't do that. Leave your keys at the front because then they just come take your car. Yeah. And I, it's fine. I've got to tell you, I've got a secret. It's buy shit boxes. Um, <laughs> I, I've always joked that with all the crap old cars I drive, I'm like, mate, I can leave them with the windows down. No one's going to do it. No one touches them. They yeah. don't even look sideways at them because they're not cool mm. and there's no flex points in the crap I have. My brother had a 7 Series, like a fairly recent one. It was parked outside our house and we had someone have a go at that and then steal the number plate off it. Wow. Whereas other, like the other crap I've got, people just walk past it and get, yeah. Well, my last car was so loud that it was the instant <laughs> instant alarm if you started it. Yep. That, uh, it, yeah, you, put a big yeah. cold start on your car. Yeah. But the other thing is um, I think the big problem coming for it that we didn't really touch on is how insurance works if someone takes your keys. How does that work? Well, if they didn't have to break into your house, and by break in means have to damage something to get in, if they just uh. waltzed in or walked in or if your key was in your car. Mm. That insurance will pay you out approximately zero dollars. Really? Mm. Wow. So, so either lie when it gets taken. Yeah. When you when the wheelhouse podcast 
website gets released, wait until you see our whole new exciting range of yeah. car security devices. Faraday boxes and, and locks. Yeah. Faraday boxes, locks, everything to keep your car I've secure. I've also heard your car is not insured if it's within like a kilometre of your house because mm. it shouldn't be parking on the street. You should be parking in your garage. In your garage, yeah. yeah. Mm. If it's, oh, no, it can be, Depends I believe it can, can be on the street. Yeah. But it can't. You can't be like multiple streets away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's Dep- fair depends where you've told the insurance company that the yeah. car is kept. Yeah. Yeah. And how it's kept. But mm. yeah, there's um. So how I said my neighbours, um, they, I guess were just just nice people, honest people, and they said to the insurance agency, they explained how the car got stolen, and the insurance agency were like, oh, well, that's a you problem, <laughs> not. Yeah. They'll do anything to get out. Yeah, not a nice which problem. it is. So They're if someone, if you leave your house unlocked and someone walks in, takes your keys and goes, and then you're like, I got broken into, and there's no sign of forced entry, insurance Make agency will entry. find any reason not but to pay you out. The the first department that you talk to is the department designed to say no. Yeah, and yeah. then the second department is the team designed to say no more aggressively. Mm. Yeah, and the expectation is that you'll give up by then. Yeah, and to actually have a win. You must be reasonably relentless because that yep. is actually by, that, that's it. by design. Unless this, they've, this is not they've smashed, if they've smashed a window or burnt yeah. your louvers, or out. if you really did fuck it up and it is actually your fault and you just need to eat shit and deal with it, mm. that is also yep. because they do get a fair bit. Invest of in CrimSafe too or louvers, louvers, louvers on houses. Get rid of them. Get rid yeah. of them. It's the second yeah. time in probably the span of two science. months yeah. that yeah. someone so, so they melt they melt the lou- they melt something on the louvers mm. and slide the glass. Well, you can out. just slide the glass out, mate. They're they're easy to pull through. I yep. used to use those in old rental houses when I forgot the keys. You just pull a few <laughs> things out, put your arm in, open them, boom, you're away. There you go. Um, and Newey has suggested here on the live chat: next trend will be carjacking, like in South Africa. Uh, don't need to worry about a lock if the car's running. Yep. And that is actually whenever we drive places uh, my wife's always like lock the doors yep if we're in a car that doesn't automatically yeah, lock. because i'm like what are you talking about i got like windows down and she'd be right mate mm-hmm. but she's like no 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 you don't understand um that is actually yeah right what's next there so, you go yeah, anyway well, on, so on on carjacking because we're work, we're walking on a limit today yeah uh, we're actually going to try and wrap up in a reasonable amount of time <laughs> um, because we do actually have a physical hard limit today. I, I think I'm going to steer the direct, uh, the conversation towards our next topic. Yeah, I don't even know if we've got one. but I've I, got one. I just figure we're going to take it in a new direction. Yeah, Give I wanted to talk. I think, guys, we need to talk a little bit about the used car market because that's a, that's a <laughs> weekly... That is a what weekly discussion. What have you would seen you like this week? Well, no, look, uh, okay, so what's? I wanted to talk a little bit about what, what gets... Uh, a majority of people, and I only want to touch on it for a short time because it's not a general interest of mine. Oh, but I'll yeah, set a thirty-minute timer. <laughs> <laughs> what everyone generally in the car culture likes, and that are the the the, the young man's uh, enthusiast car of choice mm. or enthusiast cars of choice, which are cars like the M2 mm-hmm. and the RS3, mm-hmm. are very much dropping in value. Really? Yes. Significant compared really? to even a couple of months ago, so you can get a decent kilometer, and I don't know what your, uh, um, I guess, interpretation of decent is, but something around the seventy thousand k mark of either of those cars at the fifty grand mark now. Wow, same as advertised, um, same as twenty fourteen to twenty sixteen M threes. Good point. They're about That's fifty grand great, now. Yep. Yep. So, so that that sort of genre so of car, pretty hard. Uh, well, but there's so many of them, right? So I think on last check there was about under 200 
M2s for sale. Oh, wow. Right? That, now, I that didn't is a, there were that an many. enthusiast car of choice. So it is a great car. Yeah, yeah. Um, so and, and cash was cheap for a long time, so these people put them on finance. I think that's probably what's caused it. A lot of them sold yep. during COVID. Um, the price really went up high and now you can get a really good car for a decent amount of... If that's, you know, your type of first enthusiast car that you're buying. Interesting. Um, so I've seen a lot of those in almost every colour combination. RS3s are a little bit lower in in, in price. Um, yeah. But, you know, your rear-wheel drive versus all-wheel drive, so it's not... You know, but, you you know, they're, they're a young person's tuning dream, right? Yep. They're the new, like... Back when I guess we, I guess back when we were all growing up, um, they were like the forty to fifty grand car was for someone who's doing a little bit better, and they've yep. got a um, Series Eight RX Seven, a R thirty four GDR, mm. an Evo Nine. They were always like the forty to fifty k car. That's you know, right. you'd have some people who'd have, you know, they would have the Civics and the the Pulsars and yep. that, which were like a ten thousand dollar car, and then you'd be look up to the guys like, oh man, they're modifying a fifty thousand dollar car. Mm. Um, those cars are now your M- F87 M2, yes. F80 M3, F82 M4, um, your Audi RS3s. Uh, you're looking at like your Mark 7 Golf Rs. Yep. Um, they're so all, they've all come down. So there's yeah. currently eight 2014 M3s available and the price range goes from 57000 to 70000 yep. There you go. That is yeah. a s- For all eight of them. That is between that. a crazy amount of cars. They were 180 grand. That's right, yeah. Brand new. And that's the pre-LCI, isn't it? Yeah. 2016 was LCI. Yeah. Uh, they they weren't as well yep. loved. Mm. But you can do a lot of, um, you know, technical mods to them. Yeah. To LCI, for those mm. wondering, that is BMW's internal facelift name. I think it stands for late car improvement. Something, um, like, that, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, so it's when they, they release a car and then a couple of years in, they release an LCI version. Yeah. So, so I was thinking that's a really good... Uh, car that you can get like I so around the time the M2 came out, I went on a drive day with BMW where they had every one of their M cars there, and it was a it wasn't all car nuts. It was family people. It was BMW older people. people. It yep. was it was all sorts of people, and everyone at the end of the day who was asked which was their favorite car, eighty percent of them said it was the M2 because it's just such a great handling, oh, easy... ridiculously know, good car. Really ridiculously good car. Ridiculously good and, car. And I'm talking the first-gen one, not the, you know, following ones which were, you know, got better. Yep. Oh, I, um, think the first gen is, I think the first-gen's the pick of the bunch. You think that's the best one? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so definitely watch out. The other cars that I've seen that are popping up on the market at the moment um, that I really like, we saw on collecting cars. Back to... I know we talked a little bit about this last week, but... Um, the R129 SL73. Oh, yes. That's uh, come up for sale. For those of you who don't know, made for the Sultan of Brunei. A, uh, it was originally started out as an SL600 and AMG Wizardry turned that into a 7.3 litre V12. Which is an engine four. The Pagani Zonda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it, very special car, you know, low numbers, production. And they are, I think the car last check was that's at 200,000 pounds. So yep. I expect that to go. But there has been some cars yep. selling for. There's, there's one of those for cheap. auction on, or coming up for auction on Sotheby's, and the price range is 200,000 to 240,000. An SL73? Yep. AMG, yeah, right. 9099. A 99 one. Okay, so that's. Square headlight. Yep. 
Yeah. So there is, there's a few, there's been a couple of cars that have sold recently. I believe, <coughs> believe there's and less than 50 of them. Th- you can definitely tell the market is... Cooling? Uh, cooling is a good, uh, like an, a nice <laughs> way to put it. Yeah. Um, Refrigerated? I'd, I'd say cold room. Mm. I'd say frozen R- freezer, A freezer yeah. room. <laughs> Red rooster, frozen chook. It's, it's going to need it's, thawing. It's going down. Mm. Um, so a 2000... Honda Civic EK9 Type R, which was mm-hmm. the first Type R um, Honda Civic. Mm-hmm. Uh, unanimously loved car. Probably one of the best driver's cars of all time. Um, phenomenal. Whenever sold here, only sold in Japan. For so long, you were never able to import them here just mm. for importation reasons. Um, people back in the day were doing, bringing them in and then swapping the VINs out yeah, for wow. like EK4s so they could drive them here. Um, really iconic car, um, 1.6 litre, so B16B, iconic car. They were never cheap cars, but they boomed during COVID big time, which is fair. They were probably worth more than they were selling for. They jumped up to about 40, 50, 60 grand we saw them going for, um, which is fair enough because, if you know, S2000s are going for 60, 70, yeah. 80. Um, if you've got DC2 type R's going for 30 to 40, the EK9 is probably a 50, 60K car using that as a comparison. There's five of them for sale currently on car sales, and they range from forty three thousand to fifty five thousand. Well, one just sold on collecting cars in Australia. Cheap. Twenty three and a half grand. <laughs> oh. I so. was so pissed. Yesterday was a really heavy day for me at work. I was it was crazy. Um, I didn't really have any time to do anything. Um, so message all these guys and lowball them. No, I was actually pissed because if I had known that it was going to go for that money, I would have bid twenty five grand because right. that is so much car for that. That is. It had 190,000 Ks, but it's a 2000 yeah, model. Yeah, so that's yeah. actually... Not too bad. That's not that bad. As long as had a good service and stuff. But they're, but it's they're a Honda. Super reliable engines, yeah. right? But we're seeing so many stories like that, right? Mm. Like um, uh, a lot of you know the podcast Seen Through Glass. He's been looking for uh, a challenge Stradale for such a long time. And they are 200,000 pounds plus over in the US, in the UK. So 200, I've seen one for 210, seen one for 220, seen one for 230. Uh, collecting cars, he managed to get it for 153 before fees. Yeah, and he, he even he was surprised. He was like, "I didn't. I put a bid in for like one one hundred fifty, and then it went to one fifty one fifty two. He went up to one fifty three and, and secured the car. That's a seven hundred thousand dollar car in Australia. Six hundred thousand dollar car. There's a there's been a few others. There's a um there's a Queensland based E36 M3 Evo. Oh yeah, that just sold. Yep, modified car. Color supercharged. It's silver. Ah, uh, I saw it just, just the other day, right? Yep. Yeah. So, a supercharged car, like, but with all the parts that you would do to the car. Mm-hmm. So, it's not like a, I can't remember the name, the brand of supercharger, but it's the one that you'd want. Mm-hmm. F- like, has a, it has a roll cage and stuff in it, but a phenomenal car, BBS LMs, all the kit. Mm-hmm. I think it sold for 68 grand. 60 something grand, yeah. There's an E30, like an E36 M3 Evo that sold out of Hong Kong for 45,000 US. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so we're seeing particular cars just not get the money that they sh- well, yeah. they were getting. Didn't a Dakar yellow E36 M3 go for like 90 grand in COVID? Yep, yeah. it did, yeah. Low kilometre, I think that was really low kilometre. But still. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I think there's, well, there are, there's some cracking bargains. Once yep. money gets expensive uh, and people are struggling to pay their bills, yep. the first thing you do is unload your toys. Mm. And then when everyone unloads all their toys all at once, mm. uh, the glut in the market 
is right. not very nice. I must yep. say I am trying to sell a friend's Hyundai at the moment. I'm getting no bites on that bad boy. I'm actually going to have to list it. I put it on car sales first. Mm-hmm. Not one bite. Yep. Not one for a fuel-efficient, great-condition, high-spec, sensible Hyundai, big Hyundai energy, if you've been following uh, some of my side side, uh, shenanigans. No interest. And I'm going to have to put it on Marketplace and Gumtree and deal with the bots and the scammers and the morons. And I'm not looking (laughs) forward to that. No. Well, I'm astonished, but like nothing. And it's a sensible car. Mm. Like great. I look at it and I'm like... Yeah, touching on that with the, you know, saying people... Once one goes, everyone starts bringing out their ones and doing the same thing. Um, the 22Bs that were coming out of Japan mm. after COVID, the first one came out and everyone jumped on it. I think the car went for over a million dollars, the first one. Oof. That came up for sale because everyone was like, holy shit, yeah. a 22B, these don't just come out of the woodwork. And then since then, since like 2019 COVID to now, I think it was something like 20 or 30 22Bs have come up for sale been and been sold. Few. And the price just dropped out, and people are getting them for like two hundred thousand dollars. There was one in the high one hundreds. Yeah, there was one one ninety eight. Yes, but there was money has just dropped. I think during COVID, I saw three sell for over four hundred grand, and then exiting COVID, one sold for one hundred ninety eight grand. Admittedly, I was since told that it was a bit of a dog, wasn't a very nice one. It was one that was bought, and then, as with any of those cars, was um, well enjoyed, which is great. Um, but still, 198 grand for a 22B is great money. Ridiculously good money because you're never going to lose mm. on that car. Well, that's the same as my friend Kyle down the Gold Coast. He runs Flat Four. Um, it's a Subaru shop, and he imports a lot of um, Japanese Subarus. And he brought a 22B in for a customer, and they went about restoring it because it wasn't in great condition when they got it. Um, and he's like, you know, the the market for these things has just dropped. A lot of that stuff that was held up in museums is now during COVID when the prices were very hyperinflated, a lot of that stuff has come up for sale. He said that's good because a lot of those cars are now out in the market, but a lot of those car collections have been plundered Mm -hmm. and now you've sort of had this thing where prices went up, they then dropped and now they're going to go skyrocketing. I think Subarus were one of... Subaru, Nissan, um, probably a couple of other manufacturers felt the biggest jump. In COVID, I think Subaru and Nissan were probably the biggest because Subaru, all of a sudden, you started seeing so many specialty model Subarus. There was 22Bs, yeah, right. there was RA Type Cs, that's right. There was GC8 version fives, there was S204s and S207s, just that's like right. out Love of the spec. fucking wazoo. This, that, and yeah. they were all selling for big money because they are special cars. Mm. Now there's a fucking shitload mm. of them around, and I saw a S204 um, WRX STI. I would consider that probably one of my all-time favorite Subaru WRXs. Um, I think it sold for like forty-two grand, which yeah, is crazy. That's yeah, that was the crashed one. Don't know if it's crashed. I don't know. Was I just, there, there was one that. It, came no, up this was. Sale. It wasn't crashed in the pictures. It might have been crashed prior and fixed, but this was mint and like good in the photos. Yeah, because there was one that S two O. I think it was a Hawkeye. So I think it was an S two O four. The silver four. ones. Yeah. Yeah. So that one came up for sale. There's one that came up for sale a little while ago, um, and. That it had been crashed on the right-hand side, but there was only one photo of it, and it wasn't listed as an S204, and you only knew that by looking at the seats and realising uh, they were yeah. the carbon back Recaros. Um, that one ended up going for about that price because I bid on it, um, didn't win it, and it went to um, STI um, Heaven in New South Wales who restored it and are now 
putting it on the road. Yeah. Wow. No, there was one that there was a driving one that so I think it had a fair few Ks, it had about 150,000 Ks. And it was like 42 or 45 what? grand, which was crazy because during COVID, they were going for 70 to 80. Mm. And I was like, we've just halved the price on. Yeah, like GC8s. Yep. You know, they were, they skyrocketed. They were a $7,000 car. Oh, G- version 5 STIs yeah. went. But they were 120 yeah, grand. 120 grand, yeah. Now they're back down to like 60, 70. Yeah. But still, the that's two doors. not selling. The yeah, two the two doors. doors. Yeah. yeah. The, four, the four doors were like a sub $10,000, just a normal WRX. Mm. And they went to Even 30, the four door STIs, you can get them for like 14 grand. They've jumped a little, but they're still not expensive. They're like yeah. 30 ish now. Yeah, but the yeah. two doors will always be. But it's crazy because unfortunately, we see the effect. They're cheap. COVID yep. happened. Yep. They went wild. And then they rub a band. Mm. They never rub a band back to where no, they were. they don't. So they then no. all of a sudden, that precipice is a bit higher. Yeah. And then there's another boom. And they go up there, 160 right. grand, 180 mm. grand. And they come back and yeah. suddenly they're 100 grand. That's right. And it'll just keep doing that. But this is the yeah. buy time. We're this getting, yeah. We're, we're, buy the dip, people. Buy the dip. Mate, right now is a dip. I would say that we're going to continue dipping. But if you're someone watching this or you're an enthusiast who mm. finds this podcast and you're like, when should I buy a car? Don't be like, oh, I might wait a little further. Just Don't. buy it. Buyer's buy market it right now. now. Yep. Low ball and buy right now. Mm. Now, because it's going to, we're in a dip. It might get worse, but it's going to get better. It's going to get better. Interestingly, get better. indications, if depending on how closely you follow all of these things, I don't know if you've seen that Commonwealth Bank are actually uh, chopping their wholesale lending rates um, yeah, right. and they're actually looking to be more aggressively competitive. And an organisation that big that makes that many billion dollars in profit doesn't make those moves unless no. they know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And that, to me, is a striking indicator that we are somewhere near the point or that they were trying to get us to in terms of slowing the economy. Yep. So, if, so that's the, if that's the case, we're, yeah. We're, we're in the thick of it now. Like, where we are right now, this is somewhere near the worst. Yeah. yeah. Well, of, look at the US. Of where we are. Right, booming at the moment. Yeah. And yeah. off the back of this... Yeah, off the back of this, like bye bye bye. If yep. if you're listening in January 2024 and NSYNC, you like to buy bye, dumb bye, things, buy yep. now. I reckon this will be. I we'll feel it for a little while longer because what oh, happens God, is, yeah. um, because I know for it, like so, NAB um, are currently very tight on like they're not letting their like top executives and stuff like take people out to lunch and shit like that. A bit of inside information. So obviously they're similar to Commonwealth. They're talking like. Hold on, we're not getting that many people. We're not making as much money now because money's tight. And no one's spending, so they're trying to. They all start to look to halve their their lending rates, their their policies and stuff like that. But people have been so behind that it will take a little while for people to recoup the money and then have the excess to buy cars. So if this is the lull for our interest rates, uh, for money being expensive, mm. you've got probably at most twenty four months before the market. Say from now, yep. I'd say probably twenty four months. I'd say if we can, if we were when we're doing a podcast in January twenty twenty six, I'd say we will start to see the market boom again, and it will boom way harder. It will boom so hard because everyone will remember, fuck, the jump last time. That's I got right. money this time. Correct. I need to buy now. Yeah, because and they'll go. You'll see everything will go really ballistic because by twenty twenty six. Where is the modern car market? We'll have all the four-cylinder C63s, probably a four-cylinder right. M3. Um, we'll be much more hybridized, probably a lot more EV. And then everyone will be like, that was what I've always said to anyone who asked me, what do you think the market's going to do? Everyone always says, oh, there's no way that car will be worth more. There's always a pullback, blah, blah, blah. The problem is 
is in the past, the new cars have been cars have, have, have been good. So no one wants the old car because the new cars have always been good. We're yeah. getting to the point now where no one's the, new, the car. new cars are no good. So everyone's going to be like, what are the old ones doing? That's right. That'd and by the time the market replenishes and sort of levels itself out and people have got money again, new cars will all be hybrid. And mm. so all of a sudden you won't be able to buy petrol cars. And that's when there's that's an when argument to be said that petrol will, will be expensive oh, and mate. all that. But I think it's going to go. Yeah. Nobody gets excited over a four-cylinder C63. No. Well, As Jazz was saying, where are they all? There's none. I don't see them. They're, they're around. They're, they're around, but there's no they're none unused. There's nothing. No. Nobody no gets excited over no it. No one wants to talk about it. Now, I've got a side one. Like Sorry, Jazz. V- you, you had I, I was just going to say, I wanted to quickly talk about cars that are depreciating for similar reasons because they're no good. Mm. And the two Tesla's. that come to mind is the SF90 and the 296 GTB. Oh, have you have you guys seen what the overseas prices are? This is to Gibbo and Scott, what the mm-hmm. overseas prices are doing for SF90s and 296s. Let's have a look. So SF90. an SF90 in Australia, they're looking for 1.2 mil. Mm-hmm. One on um, collecting cars just sold this week for 220,000 pounds. Which is about 500k. Yeah, well, I was going to say the old pounds to dollar dues conversion is pretty brutal. Yeah, but uh, that's, that's so still 500 grand. We're asking $999,900 in Australian dollar dues. Now, they aren't moving. You've got one point in two, the UK 296 two. GTBs, 55 for sale. Mm. <laughs> 55 <laughs> for sale. And the and the the Mate, lowest one is getting towards two hundred and twenty thousand. That's the GDP pounds. of a small country going on there, isn't it? Like, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah. So what we're seeing is wow. A little bit of what you were saying, Rory, is that these cars that are coming out in high production numbers mm. and not enthusiast, genuine enthusiast type of cars, are just oh. very numb device type of cars. Uh, people are going, yeah, yeah, we'll buy, buy. And then now a year or two later, they're going, hang on a second, this is actually is not. Mm. So I'll press that. The 296 is a great car. It is. Phenomenal car. SF90. Every review I've seen. SF90, no good. Yeah. Um, each one I've been in has been extremely lacklustre. Uh, 296, phenomenal car. Really, really good car. Um, but it's never going to it's never gonna be worth anything. No. It's a, you know what it's I mean? Six-cylinder. Because we've gotten to the point now where... The cars are only as good as their performance because they have minimal character. That's right. The 296 admittedly has some character to it, but if you were to compare it to... A Scud. Yeah, a Scuderia. Um, or yeah. even a 430 or a, or a 458, right? Yeah. Or a Toyota Camry. Man, I mean. even a 488. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. We're getting to that point. I don't... I don't. I mean, it's a car I really don't like. It's yeah. a 488. So a, not a Pista, but a 488. Yep. So a friend of mine who owns a Pista went and took us SF90 for a drive and he said... It's definitely faster, but I enjoy. He enjoys driving his car around a truck way more because yep. you notice the weight. The SF ninety is too fast, mm. and it's the f- speed is. You can tell they've introduced that to make up for the weight. Yes. Yep. So it's very, very heavy. Very like um, feels almost cumbersome for a Ferrari. Mm. But the fa- the speed is so ludicrous. That you almost overlook that. You're like, oh, yeah, but how fast is it? That's oh, right. Oh. And people yeah. used to get up Commodores and shit be like, yeah, they're fast and straight line, but they don't go around a corner. Now we've got Ferraris <laughs> doing the same thing. <laughs> a Ferrari built for drag racing. Um, speaking of which, actually, Scott, this is Plates. one that interests you, interests you. I actually just saw, I was just having a quick look on collecting cars. Mm-hmm. A, um, a W1 mm. GDSR. Yeah, just sold the other day. Orange one. Just sold orange one. 32 kilometers on it. Mm-hmm. 
two eighty. That market's pulled back, no, but it's still a lot. Three three fifty one. Three fifty one. Because they were two eighty brand new, weren't they? Two sixty. Two sixty brand new. Still been a decent investment. Yeah. Still very good. What's and have sat through. What's your return on that? How many years have you sat on that? Isn't there only four of them? Who can do math? That's the Malou. I can't. Oh. So we the Malou, there's only four of them. We really need a finance person. That 2017. Can 2017. Help us, help us figure this out. If there's anybody in the chat that knows what they're talking about, you can help <laughs> us do the year on year. Uh, what is it? If you can get 7% uh, on your money, that's so, why. So, so it's made 100 grand in mm. what's that? Three, three, four years? About yeah. six years. Yeah, that, mate, that's, pretty, that's pretty good on that amount of money. Mm. But he could have made return. more. He could have made probably 300 mm. grand more. Now, I've got to quickly circle back on marketplace fines. Yep. Something that, Rory, I blame you mm. uh, for this, but I've really fallen down the wheel rabbit hole. Ooh. And that's fucked. I really it's wish bad. I had. It's bad. I, yeah. I really had no interest in it. I didn't really care. Didn't really pay attention. And then I listened to you say fake wheels for 10 years. <laughs> yep. And I started paying attention. I have been looking for a set of three-piece BBS RS for my vert i one of the best wheels of all time have discovered to find. that the wheel market is not dissimilar to the watch market I, I i have noticed as i have watched this market because i didn't understand it so i've spent a year mm -hmm. studying it but it's like buying a rolex mm -hmm. like you can buy a sub and just sit on it yep and they didn't do much for a long time but your twelve thousand dollar subs now a twenty thousand dollar sub and they seem to be resistant to broader market variations. So this was one of the my one of my biggest. Obviously, for those people who maybe have only followed me for a short period of time, I'm probably a little bit quieter on it these days um, than in the past. I still am very vocal, but um, big genuine wheel guy, genuine parts guy in general. Um, unless the parts are discontinued and someone who is a quality so. Um, to put it in perspective, Seabon Carbon, famous carbon um, composite manufacturer in the US. Uh, they make a lot of uh, copy parts from Japanese companies. Yep. A lot of those parts they make are parts that are discontinued from it. So Mubin yeah, and, it. and Spoon and stuff, they've discontinued a range and Seabon make a part. Seabon actually make a very good, very good composite, so it's not that bad. But I'm a massive genuine parts person. And as you were talking about wheels, I was about to say, wheels are dangerous, they're like watches. Wheels are dangerous, they are like watches, but mate, you can fit a lot more watches, you've got fucking stacks of wheels out the side of your house. Yep. I have, I'm such a hillbilly now, like I'm really getting out of control. And it's... But like I said, you, the one the thing I say to people is, um, you always buy genuine wheels, because you're never going to lose money on them. You, you may not make not. money. No, but, but they hold. They hold, and it doesn't cost you anything to have them. Mm. Mm. You know what I mean? So you put them on your car. You. Ooh. So I bought a set of... Oh, um, sorry, you're getting burned uh, via the chat. Rory's yeah, yeah. okay with similar design watches, though. Oh, yeah, because I wear a Casio. <laughs> oh, how good's a Casio? Yeah, I love the crossover I've got, ones. I've, I've got, got yeah, a one um, of those as well, the black one. Mm. I've got a, I think it's a Patek, like a, a Seiko crossover, and yeah. like it literally says Seiko. Mm. Yeah. Um, but it's from a guy I follow who does the like the builds and yeah. does the uh, crossover yeah. builds. Because mm. there's a whole again, if you want to jump down another really dumb rabbit hole, uh, the Seiko watches and then the rebuilds and the customization of those, there is a world. That exists. Tune into our uh, 
watch podcast. Into our watch podcast. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the watch house. Uh, <laughs> that's actually that's, that's a, our side show. I, that's we need name. to get that off the line. I think. <laughs> I'd, I'd oh. love to. Horology hour. Well, I think if you yeah. were to compare, if you were to say that a Cassie Oak is um, like wearing a, a Royal Oak, an Audemars mm. or Royal Oak, because that's what they AP. that's what they yeah. look like. They look like an AP. Um, it's like comparing a BBSLM to a work VSXX. Mm. They're very similar in design. VSXX is worth about four grand less mm. for the exact same design. Still both quality wheels, but mm. Casio's a great watch as a beater. Awesome beater watch. You can wear it. Like I just Mate, that's and that's what I you know. I wore one to Summonats. I just got back from Summonats. I wore a, and that's, a Casio. I'm and not the, wearing a Royal Oak there. Mate, I've got to tell you, as somebody that likes nice watches and has a couple, mm. I wear a Seiko GMT as my daily nice watch. Awesome it watch. cost me 800 bucks. I think they're even cheaper now. You can beat the fucking shit out of it yep. and it still works. It's and it's got a GMT. So whenever you're traveling, you yep. can do yep. multi-time zone. Great and watch. I think today I'm wearing a G-Shock. Um, like, also a great watch. Mate, unreal love watches. Them. Like a couple hundred bucks. Mm. And, mate, these things will last lifetimes. Yep. yep. I love them. I love, I love Casios. I love mate, Seikos. unreal. Casios mm. and Seikos. And that new Seiko GMT props to that. If you haven't held one, had a look at one. How about the Grand Seiko though? 10 out of oh 10. Oh, God, let's stop. I didn't. <laughs> look, I, nice, I've yeah. fallen down yeah. the Grand Seiko rabbit hole as well. I was I like, love them. are you fucking serious? What the fuck is this? And then I got speaking to people about it. No, they are they the are top-notch watch. Incredible yep. watches. Yeah. And they just don't have the brand acknowledgement. Well, they're not in that Swiss. In, you know. in that space. We did just become the watch house. Yeah, we did. Look we at did. us. But every, for everyone who's into watches, podcasts, yeah. anyone who has mate, a big watch watches, collection, they wheels, all have cars. beta watches. Yeah, mate, yeah. you have to have a yeah, beta yeah, watch. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, it doesn't matter how much money you've got. You're oh. not going to wear your cool watch to yeah. something. <laughs> mate, when you smash the face of your cool or your watch, platinum and it costs you thousands of dollars yep. to have just like the fucking bit of see-through yep. replaced. But, also, Scott, we're heading into that time now. If we look at, we talked about car thefts. Mm. Watch thefts are on the rise like crazy across the world because that's an easier theft it, for something it, uh, of greater value you potentially. Can move bulk money, right? Small, Very quickly. Similar. Mm. And, you know, no one, people in certain cities around the world will stop at nothing to get a watch off you. Absolutely. So you don't want to be wearing yeah. like, oh, People God, have told no. me if you go to London, don't wear Rolex. No way. Right? So, you know, why would you. Well, um, the so funny, funny story. The um, billionaire in Perth, Lawrence Escalante, he has a mimicked collection for when he goes to Europe of his watches. He has about Uh, twelve, all fakes. Yeah, that's. I know a lot of collectors that do that. I've heard a lot of. uh, So my wife is into handbags, Mm -hmm. and she has explained that to me as well. Because Mm -hmm. if you're taking, you know, your Chanel Mm -hmm. thing out, and they're worth. They're worth wheel money. Yeah, yeah. They're they're worth worth good things. And it's the same exercise. Like if you spill something on it or somebody steals it or and 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 they'll have copies of these things so that you can take it out and not be stressed about it. Yeah. Because it's that same collecting. It's the exact same. Well then I have a question for our friend Rory over here. Oh, Oh. I know. I knew that was going to happen. I knew that. Was, I knew exactly what's going to be. Gonna I know what's going to be. Go. Here we go. It's going to be one about a, a, a I have a set wheel. of BBSLMs. Yeah. And I also I don't. But if I do, 
and I had a set of replicas and I had them on the car. Oh, and they were my beta wheels, but I had real wheels for yeah. show. So what's the what's the beta wheel for? So I keep my real so wheels to drive. So driving around. Mate, I yeah, but what do you do with the real one? I curbed my put them on the garage schnitzels. on the on the shelf and I put them I bring them to the show. I bring them to your car meet. Yeah. And then daily I'd put the other ones on the It's actually really good logic, but the effort in so having replica watches and real ones because you don't want your um, real watch is stolen. Yeah, a watch is much... He's taking his watch but off. It, but it's easier. But no, with no, wheels, like, you'd be like, all right, just going to go got down got to the house, just got to get the jet car up on the jack stand, just got to take the wheel. Oh, these tyres are too simple old. Simple. Swap them over. That's it. Yeah. Oddly, there's quite a lot of watch love in the chat. We we really do have a lot of... It comes with the... It comes in kind. It's the asperges. It is, mate. This is a very neurodiverse show and audience. We love the neurokin. Uh, Newey loves a Seiko mod. Yep. Uh, old Yarn Brewing, who's actually ripping a new batch of beer today, he's actually brewing beer, another wonderful rabbit hole, uh, while following the show. I would he's, find a beer he's podcast. down mm. for a Casio calculator watch. Oh, oh yeah. That oh, was the good. OG in yep. primary school, if All you had time. one of those, or one of the ones with the remotes. So you could turn the TV on and oh, off I didn't and have one of those. One of, those. <laughs> one of my That's mates had one and he walked past and like turned the TV on because he was just naturally a bad kid. I had the one which had 30 phone numbers you could put into it. Ooh. And it was like who has made it onto his list of pimping. Oh, oh, well, yeah, every right. whenever you see someone out and about, whether it's at the shops or anywhere, and they've got a Casio calculator watch, yeah. you're just yeah. like, it's a man of culture. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is a man of culture. Yeah. So there you go. That's, a, fact, that's another one from the watch house. Uh, Casio calculator watch. Uh, Newey is giving shout out to the NH34 GMT movement. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, then also Lando and Leclerc had uh, Richard Milley stolen. Whoops. Yep. Oh, they Off did their too. Arm. Given that they're mm. quite spicy, if you don't know what they are, they're yeah. about Carlos a did as well. Carlos did as well. Bucks. But Carlos ran after the guy and got it back. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I remember reading about that. Yeah. Also, actually, does anyone know here. how to pronounce it? Because I've heard of, I've heard Richard Mill. I've heard Richard Millay. Yeah, Richard Mill. Mill. Mate, we're in Australia. It's fucking Richard Mill, mate. Yeah, it's Dick Uh, Millie. Sainz chased. (laughs) Yeah, here it says Sainz chased someone down and got his watch back. Yeah, so we got that in the chat there. So we do have a lot of watch love here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The the crossover show is actually building up hope. But what Mm. we'll do is, I I just think we just need a horology segment Mm. in here. Yeah, because I must say, and if I've seen the, uh, if you've seen the Bugatti watch and some some of the crossover stuff, I'm super down. Oh, really? A horology segment. I'm definitely down for it. I'm very much into the boutique stuff. I don't like the mainstreamy like mm. the stuff as much. Okay. What, what's boutique to you just to while we're down the rabbit well, hole? Well, okay, so I don't like the if Richard Milley. you know Milley. the name of it, it's, be, it's not No, as in he doesn't like, like the, the elite, like the Richard Milley. I don't like Milley's. the Richard Milley. I don't like them because, one, where, where's the history of his watch company? Mm. He hasn't been around. You know, another one is Frank Muller was big in the 2000s. He was started in 1991, right? So for me, like you've got the Holy Trinity, Patek, AP, Vacheron, right? One of them, Vacheron, is not as on the rapper's names list because they don't know much about it. They're more classy watches. Than Maybe it doesn't rhyme as well. You possibly. Can't drop it in a verse. But they have the longest standing watchmaker. They first started making watches in 1755 and continuously operating the oldest watch manufacturer. So not as well that. known. Not as well but known. But Vacheron, Constantin, they're not cheap. <laughs> they're not cheap. But they're like, like IWC, before they went down that Mercedes um, sponsorship route, I loved an IWC watch. Well, they were a cool watch. And again, now that was a... now mass producing again. Yeah. And I'm like, when, when you would notice... I, I'd like a Bretling. Those watches. Yeah. The pilot watch. Which is why I, I'd like the Grand Seikos. I think they're a mm. great watch. 
Breitling prior to like the old flight watches from the 60s, 70s. You can buy those vintage. Cool. Mm-hmm. Plexiglass on the top. Yeah. Oh. If anyway. I also like the Monte yeah, Carlo. Uh, Brisbane Vintage Watches, if you're not across that, I think they might be Vintage Watch Co. or something now. Yeah, um, is it? Vintage, vintage Watch Co. Is vintage a Watch of mine. Co. Oh, oh yeah, there you that's, go. Um, Ronnie. Ronnie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, there you go. I've, yeah. I have bought from him before. Yep. And he's great. They have serviced my watches as well. Um, yeah. If anyone listening is like interested in watches or wants to look at some watches, go on Vintage Watch Co.'s website. Ronnie's a legend, and Ronnie and Luke are legends. You will have a good time, and your pockets will be fun lighter by the time that you're done but they yeah. get some beautiful things through they do. yeah and right now is now's the time to buy right well no, now no, and now and getting i reckon we're going to see worse people are offloading watches at mm. a vast rate mm. so i'm i'm a similar to to jazz so there's a like the real sort of elite watches i'm not massive on no. um i'm a big big rolex fan but i'm not like i prefer the the specialty rolexes okay. um but I like. I love my APs. I Mate, also I'm love my Omegas. Sky love. I'm love waiting on my Rolex. To oh, turn Sky, up. Blueface Skydweller, top Mate. five watch for me. Omega, platinum Blueface oh. Skydweller. Better watch than a Rolex. Can always get one, and they're what one third of the price mm. or one yep. one fifth yeah, of the price. You can't beat a Speedmaster. Mate, my, my brother, Seamaster. My brother um, rocks a Seamaster. Yeah, and like that is a beautiful watch. Yep. They're just gorgeous. The Speedmaster has the Metas certification, which is mm. insane qualification to get, yeah. which Rolex doesn't have. Well, Ex- some explain people that, that one to me. I don't actually know that. That's it's like a, a meteorology. Meteor, okay, so the reason why Swiss watches were so famous was because the government of Switzerland said they have to stamp the COSC, which was the, the, the standard they have to, to go by, like l- losing only one or two seconds a day. Mm. Amiga, a couple of years ago, took it to the next level and said, we're going to go to the meteorological department and, and go to that level of wow. accuracy. Um, well, they're the, they're, the, they're the moon watch. So, yeah, it's called the Metas, if you, if you Google the Metas um, um, qualifications, and which made them a more accurate watch than, watch than a Rolex for quite a while, and Rolex had to kind of catch up wow. with their movement. The, the awesome thing about Rolex is that they make their own gold and their own platinum, mm. and they, they have their own foundry, so which is really awesome. But they, you get the pricing for uh, what you get and the accuracy. Metas certification. Well, actually, yep. Tudor is shouting out that they're doing that. Well, that's how they're doing it. Well, Tudor are, re- yeah. are also a really good entry-level yeah. watch. It, it, your problem is, though, is you have to deal with people going, huh, why didn't you get a Rolex um, if you rock a Tudor? Well, you it, know. Is, is what I tend to hear. Yeah, but the people, people that, that say that are like... It, it, if you were un, well, like, like you like weren't, you didn't really understand watches. If you, you would look uncouth. at a Tudor and you'd be like, "Well, why don't you get a Rolex?" But if you know watches, you can tell a Black Bay. I'll give you a perfect example. Here it's like go. if you were out in in car world and you said, uh, "I've just bought a F four thirty Scud," and somebody comes up, "Why didn't you buy the SF ninety? Yeah, that's the difference. Yep. It's mm. what is the latest and greatest you can buy with money versus what's a mm. cultured. Well, yep. that, that's like that you me. I'm I'm waiting on a Rolex, and I'm not waiting to buy it. I'm waiting to inherit it. Oh, my, yeah. my dad has a Submariner from the 70s. Oof, nice. Oh, yeah. So he's ha- he bought Is it that. No, no date. No date window. Uh, no, it's got a date thing. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, no dates are cool. Yeah. So yeah. he's got the date one, but he, he with he or without the Cyclops. Uh, not sure. Um, oh, that's the 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 he's got. I think it's would have. I think it would. Yeah, have I think it has the Cyclops, the yeah. magnifying over the date. 
Um, but he's had that since he lived in Europe and he was a chef in Europe. Wow. Young, younger than I am now, he, him and his brother went and bought uh, matching Rolexes. Back when they were 800 bucks? Yeah, yeah, back when they were nothing. And he could afford it on a chef's wages with what, what they were getting paid. Story. Um, so he's had that all his life and it's like fused to his wrist just about. And that's our family heirloom that'll get passed down to me when he, um, you know, mm. kicks the coil. Um, but the thing that he's always explained to me with Rolexes is they're worth a lot more money if you've got like the box and all the documentation 100%. and everything to go yeah. with it. Any watch. Yeah. So dad lost or his box and everything disappeared. You threw it out or it got lost. Box and chance. papers lost? All that's gone. So he doesn't oh. have that anymore. But his brother, the watch got stolen off his nightstand, but he still got the box and the paperwork and everything to go along with his watch. Oh, oh. No. So he, dad's like, whichever one of us Our powers goes, combined. goes first, <laughs> the other one gets, oh, you know, the stuff. You won't have the matching numbers. No, unfortunately. So, but still. Yeah. But, but you've um, got a great story. Same thing with him is like he, like he gets his watch serviced every year and whatnot, but he found that the bracelets, because Rolex don't call it a band, they call it a bracelet because mm. yep. they're bougie. Um, he finds that the Rolex bracelets, which are a couple of thousand dollars each, um, are no good. They just fall to pieces and yep. Yep. and whatnot. The deteriorate. Back in the day they did, yeah. Yeah. So what he does is he goes when he goes to Thailand or somewhere like that. He goes and buys like ten of the fake ones right. and uses those uses bracelets those because yeah. they I've actually last. I've done that before. Really? You know, yeah, and buys them off eBay and everything. Because they'd like actually that. be made of and yeah. throws yeah. the watch away or like oh. puts a different band on it and gives it to like a. They're like, here you go. Here's a Rolex. Well, you know? just on that box and paper story, I've I managed to find before COVID because I'm a big Amiga fan. Mm. And I'm a big Bond fan. Well, I was when I was younger. Yep. And Amiga famously was going bankrupt in the late 80s. And they just managed to wing getting a Seamaster on Pierce Brosnan's wrist for Goldeneye. So some they were going to do a Rolex, but last minute they said we're going to put a... And it was rebirthing. Is that and it's that got was, like the yeah. dart in it or the... Well, the, not the, the commercial one, like but that. yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, um, the they movie. rebirthed, a, they, they remade the Seamaster in 1993 with the blue wave dial because uh, before that it didn't have that yeah, for, right. for a long time. Um, they reissued it and in 95 it was in, in Goldeneye, which completely changed Amiga's future. Um, I managed to find a Japanese-bought automatic Amiga Seamaster 300 wave dial, blue wave dial, uh, 1993 mint condition box and papers with the, mm. the stamp from the dealer in Japan um, for COVID. And I'm so glad. That's that's, that's my favourite watch. Yeah, I, just quietly yeah. Japan's that a place to pick them up. Um, mm. I'm actually on Vintage Watch Co. right now. Yep. And I've fallen off my chair and I want to go and waste some money. <laughs> um, mate, they have a Skydweller... For twenty six nine hundred, mm-hmm. stainless steel, eighteen karat white gold. So obviously not the not not the, not, not, not the finest. What's but the face color, mate? It's a damn good looking piece. It's, it's sort like of that pearl. Uh, yeah, pearl white. Yeah, uh, like I love a sky and circa twenty twenty one, twenty six nine. Yeah, watches mate, watches are falling. There are forty to fifty k watch every day of the week. I I no, have never dropping. seen a sky dweller. At that sort no, of watch money. No, watches are tanking. So oh, my absolutely. all-time favourite watch is a Speedmaster as well. As well. Welcome it's to a, the watch house. It's, oh. a, it's a silver Snoopy, a 50th anniversary oh, silver Snoopy. Have you got one? Oh, no. Oh, so that's your one you watch. That's, that's yeah, my favourite watch. Yeah, that's a great watch. Um, 
and love the back of those. Yeah, love the back of them as well. Um, they were in COVID. They were about fifty or sixty yep, grand, and correct. I was like, Fuck, "Oh, I'm like, no, I can't buy that." There now, there's some trending under thirty. I'm gonna throw this one in the chat. Uh, Newies here saying Sky Dweller is Rolex's most compli- yeah, complicated movement. I I love, I love the complexity. I love the intricacy, and yep. I love how hard it is to make something that precise, that small in that space. Yep. All of it. It's just magnificent. Well, speaking of straps, here's oh. a good here's a good beta watch thing. Here we go. So, as everyone may or may not know, um, Omega did a collaboration with Swatch. <laughs> um, Blanc Pain has actually also just done that too. Fifty fathoms. Um, so uh, the Blanc Pain is called a um, fifty oh, fathoms. No, no. What, what are they calling the the nickname for it? It's like the. Um, I don't know. It's, it's called like the Blanc Swatch or oh, the okay. Swatch Pain or something. Oh, yeah, right. And the Moon Swatch is what's called. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, Shabby's just jumped in. Moon Swatch Uranus? Yeah. <laughs> um, so you get, a moon, you get a Moon Swatch. So mm. they were about 350 bucks new. Mm. You probably get them for about five fifty, six hundred now, secondhand, unless right. you can find one. But new. they were a thousand. But they were a thousand. Yeah. The weak part of them is the straps. They came with really bozo straps they look horrifically bad and it makes the watch look quite bad mm. go on horusstraps.com buy a really good what rubber straps, straps. horus <laughs> okay sorry yeah. horus horus um Horace. as in the like the egyptian god horus yeah. gotcha h-o-r-u-s right. was, was a bit Horace lost there for heresy. a minute their straps are not cheap i thought They're you were about talking about what you would do for a watch but anyway. can i 250 300 bucks put it on moon swatch amazing beta amazing can i, can I give you my take on moon swatches yes please trash Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't like them at you all. You don't like them at all? Have, like, I picked one up for the first time and it's literally a 3D print, printed case. It is. <laughs> it's so Ugh. cheap and light. Like, I've got some great $5 sunglasses here and they are cheaper than this. It's yeah. such a... Like, I, I'd love to have one when they're 300 Well, I can get one for 300 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> right? Just to just to own. But, man, oh, man. I'd, like, I'd rather buy... This is the big one. I'd rather just buy... A G Shock or a Casio yep. or a whatever, right? That to me. Oh, good Casio could run you about three hundred bucks. Yeah, so yeah. well, I'd rather have that, right? Mm. Than a. Uh, no, wait till wait till you see one with a good band. Yeah, I've, it, it, I've seen people put a Moon Swatch, the one that looks like a Speedmaster, yeah. the the Moon and or the, the Mercury the moon, one. No, the Moon one. Yeah. Yeah, the Moon one, or, and then the Mercury one is close. Yep. But put them on a actual Amiga. Oh, watch bracelets. Brace, yeah. yeah. and uh, they look really good. They're oh. an awesome beater. They're no like anyone who was paying a thousand to fifteen hundred bucks for them has rocks in in their head. But for under five hundred dollars, especially if you can get them for retail for three fifty or four hundred, I'm going to wrap this up because yeah. we've got. Apologise for everyone listening. We're hammering Who's in on probably the last hour we've got available of uh, episode four of Wheelhouse. Uh, to close that one out, Mr. Daniel Sharp would rather have a Dragon Ball Z swatch. Well, that's a pretty good watch, but. <laughs> So, I'd probably own one of them so with a good bracelet. That's that. That's that one. Uh, as as we move in to our final time here for this show, before our good friend Jas becomes our foreign correspondent. Foreign correspondent. He's uh, jetting. That's the, right to the UK. That's right. I'm off to UK where the, to get the, his car stolen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to get <laughs> my car stolen to pay higher insurance to suffer in the winter. It'll be fantastic and uh, discuss all the the car going yeah. on. So I've already, I've already a couple of the friends of well friends that I've made on the Instagram channel that's uh, page that I have 
haven't it's about you got to come to this comment you got to come to this comment you got to come to this and ones that i haven't even even heard of mm. right yeah. and i'm like i'm coming. Like to hear. Yeah, yeah i'm definitely coming and you that. will be our foreign correspondent i'm gonna live come. streaming from there. coming in i'm gonna live. come <laughs> well this is the best bit because i've figured that we could pipe you into this and we can get these internets working yeah, together absolutely and, and rory and i'll be in here at two o'clock in the morning with gibbo going <laughs> It's two o'clock in the morning and you can just punch me in the face yeah. um, and you'll be there going, look at this. We'll, be, we'll just fucking turn your stream off and we'll be like, see you yeah. later, mate. Yeah. 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 And <laughs> technical difficulties. That's right. If you thought it was Boom. hard getting good audio from four mics in the same room, wait until we do wait it from across do the one. planet. Yeah. Uh, honestly, that's actually pretty easy. Um, that part is not as difficult as the uh, the other crap we've been doing here. Um, I, I don't know if I actually got an answer on my BBS RS. Oh, no. But, yeah. Uh, uh, it, it, if if we look at the investment, uh, am I on a buy or a sell? Where where am I? I think it's there's, there's like, no there's no trend. There's, with there's no trend. Well, oh, well because of quantity. Is, so my thoughts like before COVID, you could look up Lamborghini Murcielago wheels, and there wasn't many of those made. But you could always get a set. Mm. Now you can't. I think people have bought and holding them, and I think it's going to be a while until we see them coming back on the market. Mm. They're just not as common as you know. You know, Rolex try to say that they've got you know a shortage of watches, but they make a million watches a year, literally a million watches a year. There's no shortage. You're not making a million BBS LMs or a million. Well, they still make BBS RSs. Sorry. Um, well, so the ones that are not made. My recommendation for a BBS RS, because finding exactly what you want for them is very difficult, is find a set um, with a nice face, a clean face, and then get just build a set. That's you. That's that's easy because then you can choose the barrel you want. You can go step lip. You can go slant lip. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to pass my phone around because these are the ones that I'm going to have a look at today. For the E36, right? For the E36. For the E36. Oof. Oh, that's an oof from Jazz. I think that they've been done quite nicely. He's tracked down correct. Oh yeah, caps. slant lip. I, well, they look good. They're all the things I've been looking for. I'd love to. Look what spec are they? Uh, 16. Coming, coming off, and you think, oh, pfft, I don't know. If you click back, you'll be able to find the. How list do we describe this to the listeners? How do we describe? Do you know what a BBS RS is? It's a. How, how do we describe BBS RS? Is like a. So it's, like a it's like the iconic meshy mesh. BBS wheel that you would see on um, old BMWs, eighties, nineties BMW race cars, golfs, all that. And sort would of you stuff. say that's like a sixteen with a yeah. dish? So, so yeah, so it's a fifteen inch, fifteen inch, fifteen inch, fifteen inch yep. center with inner. a slant lip barrel, which yes. looks like a Chromed. a bowl. Yeah, yeah, like a forty five degree sort of slant. Up to a six, out. looks yeah. like up to a sixteen. Yeah, and then steps up, and then just looks gangster. Mm. So there is a there's a photo somewhere behind you. There's an M6 there that has a correct. Yeah, that's a real set. That's a real set. So their proper legitimate came on the wheel Jesus. wheels, and I've wanted a set ever since I saw them on that 1985 BMW. It's three five. So yeah, yeah these are these are actually they're a sixteen center. Yeah, they've been slanted to an eighteen. So eighteen by nine plus eleven. Mm. Plus eleven. Yeah, that should that should. That's uh, got width. I've got tens on the back now. Yeah. Is that 11 front and back? Yeah, plus 11 all round it looks. Whoa. It'll be hard to Mate, steer that thing. What have they come off? Pokey dokes. <laughs> what car did he have them on? Uh, I don't mind your current on, rims. Your on an E36. Schnitzes. Yeah, but three-piece BBS RS. That's the same BBS wheel RS's. as what I want on my I mean, this is, this is my goat. That's goat wheel. wheel. Oh, yeah. This is, no, this is. is my sky oh. dweller. <laughs> and they're wheels. three. Man, look at that photo of them. Yeah, they're, they're, oh, wow. they're tidy. Yeah. That's so, fine. on the next episode of Wheelhouse, I'll be able to tell you whether or not 
because this is happening today. I'm going to inspect. Yeah. This, this is happening in real time. This is so okay. the good thing about it is um, only very few wheels move, and it's usually ones that have been discontinued or ones that get discontinued and then overhyped by mm. YouTube celebrities. Um, like us, T37SLs or something? Nah, Blitz Type 03 is probably the most notable one. Um, it's really? a Blitz's old Japanese mm. brand. They made a, a wheel and it's like a, it's a five-spoke, but it's a split five-spoke. Um, they were like two and a half, three grand for years. Um, and now you, you'll pay like seven and a half to eight for a set because Adam LZ bought like six sets and then everyone mm. wanted Panic to be Adam LZ or YouTube. Because well. like they're cool, but yeah, I've just looked them up. They're yeah. like a five-spoke. Uh, twin like five a spoke. star twin yeah. spot yeah they're a very hot fours type yeah. yeah so some wheels do see uh growth in that sense but most don't t37s are starting to see a rise because they're if you really want to get nerdy in the car sense about it the t37 has changed over the years um so the original t37 was magnesium based in production um which was really good in the early <laughs> 90s in 1996 when they came out uh not so good in aging they crack now um, so they got discontinued in 2011 and the T37SL came out. T37SL came out, was a huge rage. They're fantastic. Still the same concavity as the original, um, but lost the famous finish, the bronze no. finish. You can still get the bronze, but it's not the original anodizing. They just got discontinued in 2021 because new cars are so heavy Volk Racing, or who was owned by Ray's Engineering, have had to re-engineer the T37 to deal with the weight wow. of new cars. And the T37SL wasn't really meeting the requirements to keep the um, yeah, JAL certification. So they discontinued it oh, wow. and you now have the T37SL Saga, which has kind of the Saga series has definitely changed the way a T37 looks. I don't love them. I would never own a set of T37 Sagas. Yeah, right. Um, I, I think... The val- the thing with T37s too is sort of what brings their value down a little bit is there is like 60 different variations and styles yep. of the T37. There are all these special edition models, different designs and, yep. and, and all sorts of different combinations that you can get a T37. It's not just like a T37 is this type of wheel. Yep. It's like a T37 is this sort of like um, pr- uh, not, uh, production range of yep. wheels. And then there's all these different variations. Of yeah, T37s. that was in like the in like the 2000s, 2010s. Inside they started it. releasing like T37 Ultra, T37 RT. There's a bazillion of them. Yeah. But now the T37 SL range, which is like the RT, the Ultra, and all that, they're holding value pretty well. Mm. They've actually the, gone up a little because T37 is not T37. expensive. By not expensive, I mean you could get a brand new set for four grand. Yeah. Um, and now you probably pay for a good set of T37 SLs in the right spec, five ish maybe. Wow. OG ones, like we're talking the 90s, 2000s, in the bronze, in, say, GDR spec, which well, I is... I think that's what Josh Bodger still has on, yeah. on well, his S15, was because he always ran... OG TUs in the... Yeah. In GD, they in call the, it GDR spec. How much are they? Yeah. You probably pay eight, 8 to 10 for a yeah, very nice. good set. They're mm-hmm. 18 by 9.5 plus 20 yeah, or plus 15. Uh, um, yeah. Richard Whitfield says the goat wheel is a set of 15-inch teddies. <laughs> Well, Ronald Teddy's are phenomenal wheels. There's actually some guy. It, this is this is really funny. So I'm very big on like I don't let try not to let replica wheels into the display area of my mates because I think that's a 
it's like a crux point. It's like if I'm gonna stand, put a line in the sand, it's gonna that's gonna be it. Yeah, wow. Like to that's really good. differentiate. That. That's really um, and a car rocked up to a meet probably three or four meets ago. It was MX5, and it came in on Ronal Teddies, which is so Ronal are a famous, um, wheel, old, very old wheel manufacturer, and they made a set of wheels called Ronal Teddies, and it was a teddy bear, was yep. the spokes of the yep. wheel. Um, all of them were in really shit specs. You could not get them in good specs because they were sold for key cars or K cars, if you want to yep. call it. Yep. And this guy was in MX5 and he's got three-piece Ronald Teddies. And I was like, whoa, I've never seen it before in my life. I'm like, oh my God. I said to him, I'm like, man, these wheels, three-piece Ronald Teddies, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh no, I saw them online. I just had to buy them. And I was like, oh, I can't believe that. For? Anyway, I drive in. And as he's driving, I'm like, man, those bolts look weird, but that's a cool wheel. And then I was like, oh, I wonder if he found... So I just instantly went online. I was like, Ronald Teddy three-piece to find a set. Bang, there's some guy making them and they're fake. Oh. Yeah. Did you so, kick him out? No, I, this, was, this was days later. <laughs> I'm not on the <laughs> Imagine me at the front gate. Before Actually, you come in... I kind of could, though. I could see you checking in real time. Mm. You'd be there with, like, your Google Lens or something yep. and going... Mm, bow, bow. It's really hard, especially the new <laughs> my new location because the cars meet me... Almost very dead center. It's hard for me to stand. I don't know if people wouldn't have noticed this, but at the previous spot, I would stand off to the yeah, side and then would. walk to their doors because I can get and I can pick wheels pretty fast. Yeah, I've been looking at them for that long. <laughs> but now I'm dead center. Sometimes I'm like walking. To, I don't want to noticeably look. Yeah. So I'm walking to this and I'm like, there was an R34 that came in and I was walking towards it. I'm like, man, it sounds really grumpy. It's got like sort of the right. It had like it was an R34 GTT with GDR kit wing lifters mm. i was like sounds really grumpy so it's got engine work i'm like i can't see the wheels there it was a black car with black wheels i was yeah. like i'm just gonna have to let it in and as soon as he went past he turned the wheel and i saw the wheels i like, fake t37s oh so, i was like but i'm not like i'm not gonna so go get him and tell him no, no 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 it's no, fine no. yeah i i want you to though i want you to have like uh the the like there's got to be somebody dressed up much like uh old mate in the red hat at summer nats that just goes up and he's the wheel police yep. and he's just ejecting people. Ejecting. Like just throwing them out. Uh, get out, get yeah. out. Yeah. No, there's a, I'm a one-wheel manufacturer. I get a bit of heat for it. Probably the most of all, because um, I'm very staunchly against them, is Koya. Um, <laughs> they've changed in years, obviously, but their whole business is built on fraudulent activity. So I just don't like them. And RS3s are notorious. Audi RS3s are notorious because 50112. So finding wheels is a little bit difficult. Um, and a lot of them were on Koyas and I was just always parking them out the back and I jokingly started saying to people that I've wholeheartedly changed the RS3 game because a few started rocking up on um, BC Forge wheels and then T37s. I was like, oh, they're, they're sort of getting, they're getting it now. Yeah, I remember I, so I bought a, a, a CCC3 a couple of years ago and it came with aftermarket wheels and I, I sent Rory a photo of it and he sends me back a heavily zoomed in just with this wheel centerpiece and it says Koya. I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> and that is the man exactly. that yeah, I... Exactly. Yeah, that, that's, that's what I expect. Yeah, yeah. didn't care about anything that's else. Amazing. But had a set of Koyas. Yeah, on and it was just like, Koya like have definitely changed in years. They're making some... some I, I think they've got some pretty good um, quality production going on there, but they still do and still make their... Um, replica wheels and they're mm. extremely replica copies I could name so many wheels really? that they copy off and it's they rough. do this process that they call semi-forging oh, yeah. and I was like what's semi-forging what the f- how do you, how do you half forge well, something that, that, that's called or not, right? half-arsing <laughs> yeah. what are they just forge the centre and not the barrel yeah <laughs> 
I, I, maybe they forge the logo. Yeah. Uh, or they just oh sorry when they say half forge is that is that a joke saying like half stolen? Yeah. Oh. So the forging, the forging was the stealing. It's forging the design. It's forge. That's the forgery. Mm. Oh god, they don't have any metalworks. They're just pinching it. Blind We've blind. figured it out here. We are breaking. But yeah, I get news. a bit of heat because they're an Australian company and that sort of thing, and I get it. But I was all, I've always been into wheels. I've always mm. liked them because I think that's probably we the couldn't mo- tell. It's the most <laughs> crucial <laughs> element to a car. Look, yeah, you're no, personally responsible, you I think, for improving uh, culturally in Australia people valuing these things. I, I truly believe that you are personally responsible yeah. for changing a lot of minds. Because a lot of people, it's just one of those things where I'll meet someone like, I don't hate people if they have replica parts. I don't care. I don't, yes, care, I don't do. care that heavy. I no, do. We, we know you do. It angers me. But <laughs> when I meet someone, they'll be like, oh, hey, man. Like, and I'll be like, oh, man, like, yeah, your S14's sick. What's those wheels? But like, yeah. it's straight to <laughs> And they're like, oh, really? Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, man. Well, on. the one thing I love is that, um, you know, like rotor wheels came out as copies, as mm. replicas of Rays. And everyone was like, oh, you know, their replicas don't run them. Well, then rotor, because they were making so much and selling so many, mm. actually became a legit wheel brand. Like they they have designed and make their own wheels now. Yeah, yep. right. But now there's replicas and fakes of rotors. Oh, that's hilarious. So it's kind of like Inception where it comes yep. like to the fakery of wheels. Like the fakes are now getting fakes made. Well, you, the got, um, you see people selling wheels. for So the rotor grid is the infamous one. It's the T37 copy. Yeah. Um, and you see people selling wheels on Marketplace and they're like, they'll post up some weird looking wheel and they're like, yeah, rotor grid copy. I was like, man. It's a copy of a copy. It's a rotor grid copy of a rotor grid copying a T37. And before it's I like when you. Because um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start, I'm going to start pulling this one back in. You can finish your point here, Gibbo. Yeah. I was going to say, it's like when you get a, like you do a photocopy of something and then you take that oh, yeah, photocopy, photocopy, the photocopy and photocopy. Or the old cassette and, tapes. Yeah. And the, and the quality like starts yeah. deteriorating yeah, further and further and further. Before we wrap it, I'll the, just say. The degradation, I'll please. precipice it. The reason I became so invested in wheels and so obsessed with it is in 20. 14 on one of, I used to go to the US every year for SEMA um, when I was uh, running downshift. Um, I was always quite a proponent of genuine wheels, but not like as overtly as I am now. Uh, got the chance to tour the HRE wheels factory. Oh, and they've ooh. always been, they've always, as much as everyone thinks the T37 and Ray's engineering would be my number one, HRE are my number one. T101, my favorite yep. wheel. And I got to tour the factory and their manufacturing, and it was a game changer for me. My mentality, I was like, "Holy There's shit!" There's a reason why they're fifteen. This is set. why people like this is why their wheels are expensive. This is like why they're so angry about people copying. They were so passionate about wheels, so passionate about what they do. Their manufacturing process was so phenomenal. Like they're really pushing the boundaries of carbon barrels and three D printed metal designs. Oh, amazing, and amazing. And when I got back from that, I was like very headstrong on genuine wheels because I've like I've met the HRE yep. owners I've met the executives like they're all like just mm. people like us um, mm. funny that, that are just mad for funny it. quid pro quo HRE is Hayashi Racing Enterprises I Hayashi Racing that. is the Japanese like the original Japanese brand that made the Sakuras and the oh Star Sharks really yep have you been down to the factory in Geelong that makes all the carbon wheels for Carbon Revolution for, yeah no for I'd love to Ferrari go there. and for the GT350. Love to go to that. I would love to see that. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. Well, good thing we're a media enterprise yeah. now, and mm. we can. Uh, yeah. Car- to, carbon revolutions. Carbon revolutions. Oh. Uh, now, look, I've got a quick one here. 
uh, and this is also this links all of our things back together to close this out. Let's go. Uh, on our wheel investment strategy, uh, there is a strong uptick. OOS, Sexbec, wheels. Yes. Mm-hmm. I am a, I am a model arts. Mate, you bring big, your model arts. If you've got big cromies. some gestalts, if you've got some... Yeah, uh, Richard Whitfield put me onto this. Mm-hmm. He's like, these bad boys are trending hard yeah, right. and people are blowing the dust covers off their 20-inch chromes. That weigh half a tonne each. They're... They're in. We're gonna yep. be we're gonna be seeing spinners like the year twenty twenty five. I always spinners. wanted Real ones are spinners. Expensive. Spinners are coming back. Need I can feel it in my I can feel it in my bones. It's one of those so, things that's not made anymore. That's probably why because yeah. you, you, no wheel company makes. So there is a buy in the wheelhouse uh, investment strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, We'll what? set some funding yeah. aside. For Does that mean H two Hummers are coming back to? Oh. Uh, one just sold on car sales for collecting cars. Sorry for good money. It's like seventy grand. Get out of town. Yeah, yeah. Is that is that, that the junk. army one? No, no there the was a H one. Oh, that's no. the actual one. The H two was the one they made. Really what I'm big. scared about is a yeah. rabbit hole because I want to start talking about the Nissan crossover ones. Uh, and here, yep. anyway. yeah, yeah, sure. But what I really want to do is Rory's been at the greatest. Oh no! Festival of Bogan. <laughs> Summonats. Ah, the Summonats. Controversial Summonats. It's been a very controversial Summonats. There's a lot to say about that. There is a lot to say. EPA shut it down. People chucking skids out in the street. Police basically saying you're a bunch of, bunch of fucking Neanderthals. Yeah, right. Lo- that was the wildest comment. I don't know if you I saw that. Absolutely. Like saying that they are devolved, unevolved. And I mean, like this cop came out and said that if they put an IQ test on the border, they'd have more success in reducing (laughs) attendances than if they put like a car. Wow. Yeah. He's like, he's like the people that attend Summonats have not evolved. They've plateaued. He said that online. And I'm there going, I'm going in this woke world that we live in where you can't say anything bad about people. Well, you can say people are a bunch of fucking morons and that's okay. He pulled no punches. No, no, no. That was, and and, and interestingly, there's no outrage associated with no. that. So I'm outraged. Um, <laughs> Nobody that, cares. That Bogan. Everyone's like, yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. And you're like, you're right, mate. <laughs> then they're like Good observation. Banging, banging fucking beer cans into their heads. Fighting security. I'll throw it out there that I fucking loved what a debacle Summonats was. Yep. Because where every other event, I mean, Bathurst, you, you used to be too scared to go up the mountain <laughs> because your car would get fucking flipped and set on fire. Um it's pretty PC out there now. Mate, up there now, you take your kids. It's all very pleasant and I'm glad. Nobody's burying cartons of beer up there anymore. There's no good reason to go to Canberra. No. Except some of that. Except yep. the warm, warm Actually, museum. look at it. The, the warm memorial is extraordinary. Mm. Um, I loved it. Mm. I loved it. I love the chaos. I don't agree with yep. the stupidity, but I love that it's true to what it stood for. Yep. Rory, how was Summonats. Uh, so it's my second time going to Summonats. So for those listening who aren't uh, culturally Australian uh, educated, Summonats is a yearly event in Australia. It's Australia's largest autom- modified automotive pilgrimage. The F1 is the only Australian event that draws more people to it mm. than Summonats. Um, and it's been running for 36 years. Um, well, actually... Yeah, 30, 37 technically, but they missed one because of COVID. Um, so this was Summon Arts 36. Uh, so it's been there for a long, long time. A staple of the car scene here. And it is 
quite notorious and always has been notorious for being very unruly is probably the best way to put it. Uh, unruly and it, is a lovely way of saying it. And it hasn't really ever correct. improved. It's like they can't, they've <laughs> never really been able to improve the fact that it is extremely unruly and quite wild and raucous. Uh, and now it's gotten to the point where Salmonats is so big. We're talking this year, the rumour is that it was uh, 145,000 people attended. Over that's the that's a crazy numbers. Four days the event runs, yeah. six days for the entrance because they got to go scrutinied, and brought into Canberra over thirty-five million dollars in revenue, which means that now Canberra cannot actually financially get rid of it <laughs> because it's it has nothing else. <laughs> it has nothing else going on. It is bringing in more to tourism than the than almost. I think it's it's equalling the snow season. Well, that's in, it. Because there's, there's no events there. Like I, no. we went there to go and take mm. our boy to Parliament House and take him to the War Memorial, which is awesome. Yep. And yep. the only thing I wanted to do, I was in my sixty series Land Cruiser, so I got my wife chucked around on the lawn because there's like people with machine guns there. Yeah, it's crazy. To stop. Yeah. So I just chugger chugged past so that she could get the photo of the Land Cruiser ah, right in front of Parliament yeah, House. Nice. That's that's the pro tip. But aside from nice gardens and then bunny rabbits all up the main street. You go to Canberra to stop in for fuel on your way from Sydney to Melbourne. Yeah. That's it. And and I certainly don't think of Canberra as a car cultural hub. So what they It's a big roundabout of a city. But I mean it really shat the bed this year. Like the EPA shutting it down for the pollution, the haze, if that was correct. If I was because I was following the news. I didn't hear about it. No, I didn't get it it didn't get shut. It got they closed I think the EPA were blowing up about it, but they closed um so it's held in an event called, it's held at a place called Epic, which is called like Events Precinct International Canberra or something along those mm-hmm. lines. Uh, and it's this massive facility which has like a whole, like a lot of halls around it, some camping grounds, and then it's got a big stadium. Um, so the halls are used for what Summonats has called Top 60, which is all like the very exquisite builds, We're talking like 100, 200, 300 million dollar car builds in there. Um, and then you have. Uh, the camping grounds are scattered around, some vendors. The big stadium up the back is where Burnout Masters is held. Australians have made a sport out of doing a burnout and it is an impressive sport to watch. So they've actually made it very serious. And then you have this, it's like a service road that goes around the facility that would be used for people to trim the grass and shit. And it's a two lane, two-way road and that's called Tough Street. And then everyone just laps that for the entire event. People are just lapping that wow. like it would be in the, you know, Cavill Avenue or Got it. Be, or Bell Street. In the glory days in of, the glory Chapel, of Street. Lapping, Chapel Street. Chapel yeah. Street, anywhere where there was a lapping <coughs> culture on so a So that's Friday what it is. And it's, it's, that yeah. culture has stayed. Um, and you're not allowed to do a burnout on Tough Street. You're right. just allowed to lap it. You can do a little skid and maybe produce a little bit of smoke, but nothing crazy. You can't get into it. If you do, you get kicked out. Um and so people get Thursday and everyone's just like milling around. Not, everyone's trying to get you to do a skid. No one does anything. Friday, everyone's a bit more toe because we've been on the beers all day. Saturday rolls around. The event is also on the Sunday, but no one cares about the Sunday because most people are going home. So Saturday is all good. It's normally the hottest day and it gets to midday and that's when they start selling full-strength drinks. It's only <laughs> mid-strength before midday. Yikes. So you get to a bit, everyone's already been drinking. And then they get to midday, they're drinking heavier. You and get to you about dial it up. Get to three p.m. We got daylight savings, so three p.m. is actually more like midday sunlight. Yeah, right. And every that's, year, that's I've been good twice, and every year it kicks off. And the security <laughs> and the police 
cannot do shit. No. It's, I've never... The best part about summer nats, apart from people watching, because you've seen Neanderthals <laughs> and um, some, the Top 60 Hall and the Burnout Masters, the best part about summer nats is you will never probably witness, unless you're in a war zone, seeing security and police be so, like underpowered and uninterested in trying to get involved. Oh, so they're actually uninterested. They're not even trying. They're just like, no. Nah. They, yeah. they try and like they walk down tough street to try and... Because they still find people for do, like drink driving and stuff on it and there's just shit getting thrown at them and people jump on the walls. Wow. And, and then... It's it, crazy. They, so they shut it down because mm. of the fight. So uh, uh. if everyone had a scene, the security there this year, they hired some big... Um, some big boys. All the security guards were like six five yeah, and above. Monsters. All Islanders. Yeah. You know the guy that walked up to the windscreen and punched that guy <laughs> through the window. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was also some actual fights like between yeah, right. security and that. I'm on the security side. They've been there for three days, getting yeah. abused. They were over it. They just wanted to start swinging. Fair, fair yeah, enough. I'm, I'm, and look, I'm with you because they were getting, they were getting contracts. beer cans thrown at their yep. heads too. Like yep. it, it was not nice. And it was you could see that it's on the edge of riot. Like it's oh, and danger. then they, the yeah. security started swinging and just knocking people out. Yeah. And the, um, that was about 50 metres down big from Big haymakers. We were. The, these were not trained fighters. Wow. This was like... But in saying that, like security where... They have security scattered all the, around Tough mm. Street. So there's no point where there's none. Where we were, there was security, probably three guys. Legends. They were funny ass. They were hilarious. They were getting into it, letting people get to. Oh, they'd pretend to look away while someone does a skid. <laughs> and we were. That's the vibe. We'd be getting up them. Yeah. Like if they'd stop someone to do a skid, everyone would be chanting, like, bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> and they'd like throw some water at them or whatever. Glory days. But then they'd come at you and be like, what are you doing, mate? And you're like, oh, sorry, just having a bit of fun. And they were cool. Down further, I think some people took it a little too far. And security yeah. were like, fuck this. Let's just go. Like, yeah. let's have a swing. Um, and then the cops and the event shut Tough Street down, which then shut the event down because if no one's cruising, everyone just goes home. Right. Which then overflowed into Braddon because oh. if no one can cruise. So that's what happened. Because I, I didn't understand why there was such carnage in the actual So they what they do, neighborhood. last time I was at Summonats, which was 2018, um, Lonsdale Street, which is uh, like the... It's like Canberra's Queen Street it's or like a, it's James like a cafe Street. Cafe Street, yeah. yeah. That's where of, you were videoing a lot. Lots of bars, lots of that. Yep. That was open, and people were driving up and down that all night, and it got really rowdy in 2018. Like there was, it was basically became Tough Street. Essentially, it was people doing skids and stuff. They now shut it down. You can't. You have to apply for this thing called Fringe Festival or Braddon Festival, and you apply ahead of time. You get given. They send you out the passes, and then you're allowed to park your car in there, and you can drive in it. If you don't get that, you can't enter. They block the streets off. So they kind of like restrict it. becomes mm. a street party. And um, it was – this year was – I couldn't I – couldn't, the amount of people was absolutely insane. There was so many people at Braddon Festival. I've never seen anything like it. Those businesses there, the bars and all that. Oh. I reckon they were <laughs> making pumping the same money they make in that weekend, probably for six months of the year, almost yeah. the rest of the year. They, they were literally printing cash. Yeah. The petrol station – when I say to you it had nothing on any of the shelves in any of the fridges or shelves, wow. I'm not joking. There was like only raspberry-flavoured pump bottles left. <sighs> like the petrol stations, not Just petrol s- alone. Sold out of everything. Cranking petrol. Well, they make their money in the <laughs> shop. Yeah. yeah. Right? And if they're selling that out, that's... Drinks, petrol, yeah. they, were, they were getting petrol tankers every day to the <laughs> petrol stations. <laughs> to keep the things full. Because there's... So, wow. Um, Summonats limit car entrance to 2,500 cars. Mm. And that doesn't include people who just drive down right. to so not to enter Summonats. Oh, yeah. my God. So, there would have been probably 
almost 4,000 cars yeah. that have You could easily, easily. Because how many, what did you say, 135,000 people? 145,000. 145. Start doing the numbers on that. Yeah. And then so all the bars, the Ooh. bars were saying that they were freighting in alcohol <laughs> daily from Sydney because that's how much they were going through every night. Like we were, the, the queue-ups for the, um, like celebrations, bottle shops and all that was, in, they were only letting like 15 people in the shop at once because they had, they didn't have enough staff. And so then the queue was out to the street oh, and everyone's just walking out with hard solo cartons and beer cartons. And then you put it in your car and you go into someone else. I don't, I don't know if it's BY or not, but we were just driving in with cartons every day. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's insane what it does, but because of everyone getting kicked out of summer nights on the Saturday. Braddon Festival was much more raucous on the Saturday <laughs> night. Okay. And they created, so that Lonsdale Street was blocked, but up on the back, there's another main street that's up near like a park. Uh. Yeah. They created Tough Street up there and there's just wall-to-wall people. And they were like, there was normal Cam- Canberrians, like Canberra people yeah. driving yeah. through. There was one like p played a girl in a Hilux and the guys are in the window being like, put your foot on the brake, put it in. <laughs> and getting her to do a burnout. And I, we were pissing ourselves laughing. And they were, they were like, trying to get this rotor to do a burnout, this rotary. And he was like, he did a little one. And I was laughing. I turned around. There was four cops behind me. And they were just like talking amongst themselves. And there's literally people doing burnouts wow. because they couldn't get. Yeah. You couldn't do it. And if they tried yep. and if the crowd turned. I saw some videos of a large group of cops. Oh. Someone did a skid in that same section. It must have been a bit further up. We didn't see it. And the cops were trying to walk through and the video was of someone behind the cops and the cops were trying to walk through a wall of probably like five or six people. And the cops like, excuse me, mate. And these three guys turn around and are like, no, nah, mate, you're not coming through. <laughs> and the cops are just like, okay. <laughs> because they're outnumbered, like yeah, probably yeah, like 10,000 so or one. Yeah. And they're just trying to... It's, well, it's dangerous. Like pull it in a little. Yeah. And then you have old mate blowing up about like the people and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But you can't do anything because no. like... Th- Half the businesses in Canberra, Matt, the apartments, it's like schoolies. All oh, the they absolutely. charge through the oh, roof. They, imagine what they, they oh, would the money they ten x oh whatever the cost is. The, the, what we paid for like I, it yeah, was like the most expensive accommodation I've had night, for a shithole. Yeah, and you're there going five grand a night for something that's usually two hundred bucks. So we were there for four nights because uh, a friend of mine took some cars down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were there for four nights, and we had two rooms, um, and each room slept. There was like five of us and it was like five beds in each room. So there was, I think it was eight. One room was a bit smaller. For the four nights in Canberra, we were staying at like, it wasn't even, it wasn't a nice hotel because there's not that many nights there. It was 500 each. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Fuck. 500 for each person. For each person. Hang on. Per I mean, I, I can't, no, no, total. Total. Oh, I can't still do a lot. that. That's Hang a on. lot. 500. That's, what did you say? You said there's eight, eight people? people. So there's eight people for two rooms. So four grand. Hang on. I have to use a calculator. Holy so it wasn't per night. It was five hundred total. Four thousand dollars. So, so essentially, two rooms. you were there for four nights. Yep. A thousand dollars a night. Yep. For two rooms, <laughs> five hundred bucks. Mm, that's a lot of money. Holy shit! And it, yeah. wait, um, when I'm saying it's not a nice hotel, it was like a no, rundown a, mantra. Yeah, just basic <laughs> rundown <laughs> mantra itself is bad. Yeah. It's a rundown mantra. So that's what wow. I'm saying. So they ramp the prices up. Oh, of course mm. they do. Yeah. Well, if they've got to deal with your shit as well, I mean, yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. And if you want to say that, so, so hundred and so hundred forty-five thousand people went to Summonats. That's ticket sales. That's a lot of people. The season pass is a hundred and sixty dollars. 
most people go for four days. So how much money is someone that's oh, making? Yep. There's no way they're, shut, they're not shutting that down. No. no. Money talks. Yep. Would you like So the cops yeah, can com- – right. and the funny part, I don't know if you guys have seen the edit, that cop who goes is going on about everyone being Neanderthals and plateauing. Yeah. Have you seen the edit the no. where he's talking? And it, yeah, they turn it into a song. <laughs> and it, and it, no, it cuts. Yeah. It cuts. And there's there was an incident on the Saturday night where a cop was trying to pull someone over and the cop car got T-boned by a tram. <laughs> and there's oh. all this footage of this tramp cop car and he's like, I think these people have just plateaued. You know, they're not very bright. And then it cuts, what are you doing, mate? You can't park there. And it's this T-bone <laughs> cop car on the tram. Oh. Like, just fucked. I do love a bit of you can't park there. I did go up Mount Nebo yeah. the other day and I spotted an AU Falcon, sadly, that met its maker down the side. And all I could think as I drove past a car down the side of a cliff was, <laughs> can't park there, mate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's been a lot lately of, of uh, like... SUVs that are not SUVs trying to get on the beach. On the beach, yeah. Have you seen that one? Oh, before? Stuck in the beach. Yep. And then he pans nice. over and there's one of those new Silverados or whatever they it's are. Just like, and, it's just, and he's just there flooring it mm-hmm. on the sand and the car's just, as he's flooring it, the car's just going... Beached. Beached, yeah. Like, excellent. But has any, have you been to some of that? I've never been. I've not been I'll, either. I'll be honest. That's one of those, I don't know that's if one I of those events that I'm, sli- I'm slightly terrified of. I'm because terrified. I'll be honest... I'm probably a Neanderthal, and it comes out it right. Com- like I, it comes out, and, and and that's something that I sort of try and keep to myself. <laughs> I, I, I don't, yeah. I, I don't necessarily want to be part of the problem. It's not a very media friendly uh, persona, that I would, I would imagine, mate. It, it, it's Frank the Tank. I mean, and that bloke's <laughs> a loose <laughs> unit. He he does not make wise decisions. It's it's wild. Like so, the funniest part about Summer Nats is first year where we've done the lapping because last time we went, we just went as spectators. Um, and this is the first year we've done, and it is honestly, you know how you you have like the G ups, like your friends G you up to do something stupid in a car. Yeah, I have never witnessed it as violent and raw as some of that. It's one of the funniest things ever. So my mate, he took down a uh, Mazda 1200 coupe, which is an R100, but an Australian one, so it didn't come with the rotor. Um, but it's got a 13B now in oh, yeah. NA. A cool little that thing, like real the, grumpy. No leg room in the back. No, that was a. Datsun 1200 oh, yeah. sedan okay. with a 600 horsepower SR in Jesus. it with a glide, nine second car. So we took those down and you're driving through Tough Street and um, there's just like, there's like either side, there's two lanes. Just walls of people. And there's walls of people and they're just yelling at you like, come on, mate. And they just, if you come to a stop, they just start abusing you. <laughs> and the stuff they come up with is almost genius to the point where <laughs> when we're to. on the wall yelling yeah. at people, you can see... The guys like driving the car, being like, "I oh, know I'm not supposed to skid, but fuck, I want to do a skid." Like <laughs> you can so see good. the, you can t- see the, the cops twisting. <laughs> and I was in my mate Wade's Datsun, this nine second one. It's got a big parachute on it, big beadlock wheels, like wow. tough car. And we pull up, and this guy's like, "Come on, mate, do a skid." And we're like, "Oh yeah, yeah." He's like, "What the fuck's the parachute for? <laughs> then put it on the trailer." <laughs> <laughs> good bird. Yeah. Oh man, and so we had we G'd this Dodge Ram up, this big Dodge Ram to do a burnout. He did a mass this is one of the funniest things ever. Did a massive burnout. He's coming past and we're like all the people are yelling like, You're a sick father. <laughs> and then as the smoke starts to dissipate, we notice he's towing something. He's towing Victor Bray's drag car. Oh and he's just done a massive burnout. And he while towing a car down the top street. <laughs> and the, and Victor Bray's car goes past and he's like, um, 
as soon as Victor Bray's cars like got to here, these other two guys who were with us and be like, "What are you doing? Your mate's just done a better skid in a Ute." <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "He's like, I'm getting towed. Like, yeah. I can't do anything. Don't even do it." <sighs> but yeah, you see it, and then it gets to Saturday, and people have been abused. Like all, it's extremely politi- like people are just getting annihilated yeah. in the car. Like it's. Don't take a clean car much. down Tough Street. No. They're throwing water in the car and oh, stuff like yeah. that. It's wild. They're for, if you've got a girl in the car, she's Dude, getting yeah. harassed. It's yeah, harassed. And, and this is the thing. You can see where the Neanderthal comment comes from because it's not... But it comes over it's you. Not like, the it's not the finest like, behaviour. It was coming over me. Yeah, you, well, were, you were yelling. <laughs> yeah. It was you yelling. Yeah. You're there getting you're, a you're Southern Cross tattoo. You're, you're growing a mullet. Yeah. You're shaving your beard into a moustache. It's Mate. wild. It's the funniest line I heard. All like these two guys in front of us, they weren't like our mates, they were just we were cracking up every car that had come past if it had a chick in it. And this one dude would yell, and he'd be like, Skids or tits, I'll put her on a fucking trailer. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, you couldn't just help but laugh. And I'd say 98% of people lapping Tough Street are cracking up, they're absolutely yeah, yeah. loving it. Every now and then, there's like your banter. Sydney Lebo, and they'll like they'll start to arc up. There's a few times where people will just get yelled at, and then they'll like hop out of the because co- they're just getting abused. Like you're getting called every word under mm. the sun if you don't do a skid, mm. and the you know the staunch guys will hop out of the car and be like, "What'd you say?" And there's just the, like the there's just six hundred people being like, "Get back in the <laughs> car!" And they're like, "Oh, <laughs> 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 okay." Did you see Cronulla? Yeah. Yeah. You what? You're yeah. like, oh, God, dude, just stop. And yeah. and that was – I actually saw people making the comment and I saw somebody that said I was at Cronulla. Yeah. They're going, you know, Strayer. Yeah. And then they saw it turn and they said the right. speed that it went from – That's something else. Yeah. 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 And, and how quickly it goes wrong and then how exponentially it goes wrong – that's that, and mm. and you can see this is why the police and security like they're just terrified. As soon as one person starts, to, like as soon as one person kicks it off and does a big skid on Tough yeah. Street, everyone just piles over the wall, Ugh. like runs up to the car, and it's this. The funniest part is like everyone's still a car enthusiast, so when someone does a skid, there'll be people on Tough. You're not supposed to stand on Tough Street, but there'll be people there. But most cars, when they skid, they kick out. Yeah, of course. And there's, it's like past the parcel. And so if they do it, you've got to you're yeah, pushing you push him back. the quarter panel and you yeah. push the car down. And so he's just doing a skid and yeah. everyone's pushing him off yeah, the wall. Yeah. And you're just getting belted in the face with rubber. Look, it's mm. an event I think is not going to survive forever. No. I'd say it's like Isle of Man. Yeah, yes. In a sense where it's going to eventually die. There's, there's no way. People probably need to, you need to experience it once just to see like the levels the the lunacy the it chaos is, the Braddon festival is now what i would recommend because i'll right. tell you what go on a Braddon festival which is just where the cars are lapping the street we managed to get a table at this fried chicken joint really like probably one of the best fried chicken burgers i've ever had really good food set our license we had alcohol we had a, a table on the sidewalk next to a uh, footpath crossing mm. and we were just watching like just sinking beers and sinking drinks all night watching car like tough cars just lapping up and down people just milling around it was wow it was just Good. cool what i'd be like oh look at this like look at this falcon or there'd be like those lambos and stuff and be like oh look at this car that looks really good yeah, yeah. We're, we're watching it. Don't worry, mate. I got this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I know you're not driving today, so you, you, you're sort of still I'm feeling out of, that I'm out of my normal seat. Yeah, exactly. I, I know. I've, I've booted you out. I actually you have. I, I don't but mind I, w- I would spot. recommend everyone to experience someone that's at least yeah. once. Part even if it's not your go. jam, it's yeah. just something to – even if you hate it, you're like, okay, yeah. I've checked that off. Mm. But top 60 halls, pretty special. Next time we do this, I'll bring – 
I'll put the photos yeah, up. Yeah, a couple of photos. Because mm. I'd love to see, because there were things like that yellow VL, which I believe is that J, is it J DeLuca or uh, the same guy? Oh, J like Duca's car? Duca, uh, I actually who, didn't get any photos of it. Who did the it. slammed mm. uh, prairie? Uh, drift car. With yeah, right. So Jay Duca, who oh, is mate, low, st- low standards um, on YouTube, oh. he's um, just a phenomenal fabricator and just builds wacky cars. Unbelievable. He found a VL at a scrapyard, um, five-litre VL. So most VLs came with a six-cylinder, which is the Nissan mm. engine. Some of them came with a five-litre, a bit rarer, not as sought after as like a Calais. Um, and he found it. It was a just a scrapper. He grabbed it and then in... I think four weeks, he turned it from nothing into a driving car for Samanats. But not just that, he slammed it on Japanese race wheels, oh, wow. sequential with a quad rotor in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like wow. mental. And, and then awesome. in canary yellow. So in correct oh, VL I'd turbo colour. I'd love to see But that. on its guts, mm. it's amazing. Gibbo will bring it up for you just so you can mm. pass it around. This car is... We saw it. We saw it lapping, but I didn't. I think he might have had a few teething issues. He got um, oh. he got put on a tow truck later oh, in the day for driving Braddon Festival and stuff. That's okay because it was magical, yeah. and I, I really yeah. But the cops in the Braddon Festival, they were still really chill. Like I, I don't know if you guys saw. I put up a video on my Instagram of a pretty famous VL, uh, the plates I hate three liter. It's gold with a big chrome Actually, blower at the bonnet, yeah. and he's going over the crossing mm-hmm. and he's driving past, and I pan and then I just film like four cops. As that VL drives past, full blower out the bonnet, everything massive. That car's not even registered. Yeah, right. But the cops are just like, whatever. They they were starting up methanol injected, like Minsa <laughs> is a drag car. It's a methanol uh, Capri drag car. Um, they were starting it up and he was just lapping Braddon. That's just wild. And I was like, man. And you'd hear it start up. It was 10, 10 20 p.m. at night. I'm in a bar on the beer. Yeah, that's the VL there. There you go. You can have a little. Jesus, oh, I love it. I with a love with it. a quad rotor in yeah, it. Yeah, we'll go to the we'll go to the big camera for uh, the people at home. Yeah. But I mean, this thing is fantastic. It, it, this this bloke, I mean, this guy is going to be a legend. Oh, he builds very cool scene. cars. Yeah, mm-hmm. he built a Prairie, which is like an old um yeah, old little Japanese SUV. You put an NA two J in it and drifts it. Mm-hmm. Um, it. we'll get we'll get screen and screen at some point. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the the cops are they like minces of full-blown car so it was 10 20 p.m i'm on on the piss in a bar with a bunch of boys um we're just all drinking just like having a good time and you just hear this thing come to life and as you hear like the big supercharger winding like it's like it's, it, you can hear it's like the massive cam in it like ticking over Ooh. and i was like that's Minsa. and i've run <laughs> out of the bar onto the street with my phone and he's like doing a like doing a u-turn and he's like ah. like just going down the street Jesus. trying to drive and i'm like road. you don't see this anywhere else no Far out. Now, we are into the final 30 minutes of the show. There we go. Because we are at our, we're at our physical limit. Before we start winding up, is there anywhere else we were looking to go? I think we were going to try and get to Noosa Concourse, but I don't know if we've got enough time left to go. We, we might have to save Noosa mm. Concourse. Could, could save Noosa Concourse, yeah. yeah. No. I, look, I wouldn't be offended at saving it. I no. just want to give everybody an update on my uh, Ford shenanigans. Oh, 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 oh yeah, yeah. Too big, yes. Okay, yes. this needs continue. an update. I do, yeah. All right, so what I've done is, obviously, I spoke about it last time, that I've got a bit of an ordeal going on to bring anybody up to speed who's only just listening. Uh, Gunner to Ford uh, stole some video of mine <laughs> Continue to use it. I've thieving tried, I've, I've tried to reach out. I've tried to reach out to Ford Australia, and I just get ignored. Um, I've reached out to Ford Australia two more times. Mm-hmm. I've been ignored both times, and I, 
I Googled the current CEO of Ford Australia. And then I went, you know what, I don't think that's high enough. So then I started uh, Googling their global team. And I've tracked down Eleanor Ford, who is the head of, uh, I think it's customer service delivery. But basically she is the great, great, great granddaughter of Henry Ford. She's got the right last name. Yeah, so she's got the right last name. And then what I've also done is I've now requested global press access uh, to Ford. Wow. So what I'm doing, and I think the funniest part is that we have a big enough audience at this point where this will cause me too much grief. Uh, but what I'm trying to do is just weasel my way in. Keep it to yourself, everyone who's listening. Yeah, everyone who's listening or help me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I'm going to try and reach out to the great-great-granddaughter mm. of Henry Ford and I'm just working my way in there. When I mentioned that I was uh, persistent and relentless, I wasn't joking. Um, so look, I really enjoy uh, being able to share this story and I hope that I'll be able to share an interesting update. But what I'm going to do is if you want anything done, you can't do it from the bottom up because I thought I'll start searching for whoever does the social media community yep. management here in Australia. And I thought, hang on, bottom up's not the way to get anything done. Same way as in a business, if you need change, you've yep. got to go top, top down. down. And mm-hmm. I went, not just head of Australia because like who gives a shit about Australia mm-hmm. as a market? market. I'm going to go up to the big cheese and go, g'day. So that's the update on that. Uh, I thought nice. you were going to reach out to what's the... Stay um, tuned. What's the... The head of Ford. What's his name now? Um, oh, here in Australia? No, globally. Globally. Um, old, old mate who went for a ride with uh, yeah the in the monster car. Yeah, because he seems like pretty public with uh he. I don't think I know any other um like. He's been the boss there for a long time too. Boss of a, a boss of a major car manufacturer who's just like in the public domain all the time. Well, yeah, well I'll tell you what. You I'll don't hit hear him up as well. Um, I I will uh, reach out to anybody and everybody. Oh right. man, I wish you luck with that. Oh yeah. man, that's so that's gonna be so. Well, funny. it's just really interesting because, again, as I said, I'm a big fan of the Blue Oval. Yeah, um, I'm you are. Still, I'm still running their customer service uh, department. <laughs> I'm, I, I am routinely on a daily basis. Free of charge, you should offering, add. Offering, uh, yeah. So if you want to follow uh, going to the Ford's posts, I really am helping them here. Nice. Um, and their customer service. Uh, uh, personnel offer just some of the most ripping banter I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I I can't believe no one's even reached out to you or, or closed that off. Mate, uh, honestly, mm. I must have made seven hundred comments. Yeah, wow. on their <laughs> <laughs> like across their posts. There must be no one there, looking at it no other than nobody other than like attention. a marketing girl. Yeah. Yeah, and she's probably done it once. She doesn't know what's yeah. what's happening. No, no, no. Know what's happening. because she, she doesn't get it. from customer services on here. I don't need to look at it anymore. I, <laughs> I honestly thought I'd be blocked. Um, yeah, and, I would and have I thought expected, you would too. Yeah, I expected it to be blocked like ages ago. But see, what you have to do is when you don't get blocked, you've got to keep ratcheting it up. Yeah. Yes. And you've got to find. Is this the a perfect point. case of uh, any publicity is good publicity? I was just about That's to say true. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and but I'm, not all the time. This I'm, is a case where it's maybe not all the time. I'm looking where the tipping point is. I asked AI to write me a rap song the other day, so we've also <laughs> got that in the works. Um, that you know, I might be uh, dropping some bars about this. I intend you're, to take you're doing this too their job far. For them. Look, I intend to take this too far because, again, you know, I'm. I'm this I'm, will probably be the story that makes us. But I'm part yeah, of the podcast. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing else. I'm be like, have you guys well. heard this podcast where this guy named Scott? <laughs> 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 We're going to have to get closed Gunnar Ford. Yeah. <laughs> 
we're gonna have to get really up to speed on our Ford knowledge because we're gonna yeah. get, we're gonna recruit a whole bunch of Ford fans. Mate, I hope we do. Yeah. I would love to talk to them endlessly because uh, I, I drove my big bad Barra E Series here today. I can't get enough of it. That's right. I so want to grow up in a big Ford family. I'm, I'm a big Ford guy. Mate, I'm a true believer. This is the thing. I, I I want to. Uh, Make the power work for us. That's right. So I, I'm very interested to uh, keep continuing this story because I'm really enjoying uh, bringing the real-life, real-time crossovers. Yep. Um, also coming up on the 20th of this month, uh, that should be the week where I may or may not be procuring a four-door uh, E36 that will oh. become the drift car. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, the owner of said vehicles, who is also the owner of the V12 E-Type, Oh, I thought you were going to say V12, E30, oh, sorry, V12, E32. E32, My apologies, sorry. too many E's and 3's. Yep. Uh, has given his blessing to a V12 swap into the E36. Oh, so our little brainchild from the other week. I, I believe he has actually listened to the show. Right. Uh, shout out to my dear friend, Mr. Scott Robinson. Um, yes. he. Oh, Scott Robinson from Modern Classic Motorsport. Correct. Mm. Worked Quite on McLaren F ones. No, knows his BMW. Yeah. Uh, mate, he got yeah. like yeah. the guy. He, he he has quite robust credentials. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He he his suggestion was V twelve into the E thirty six, and then thank part, you, and then part out the E thirty two. Yeah. So you could put a rotary in it. Could. Quad rotor. Quad, sell it to Jay. Yeah, quad mm-hmm. rotor it and sell it to Jay. Just put it on its guts. Sounds like there's a market here. But speaking of Fords, actually, far away. Scott, you'll probably take more from this than most. Um, at Summonats, the chassis that was easily, uh, apart from the VL, obviously, for reasons, that I could not believe how many there were, XD, XEs. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They are, that's easily, they must be, they're so, it's crazy. They were everywhere. They are It was like booming. 1986 again. Oh, I couldn't believe, I was like, <laughs> what is happening? Please tell me they had them in that hideous yellow. Like, they're really bad. There was, there was, there was the faded a, like blue, faded, and then there yeah. was a, f- a faded There was a yellow. wagon. Terrible colors. There was a wagon in that uh, yellow, but the majority of them were not dungers. They were all just awesome. Mm. There was one with a barra swap, which looked really good. Uh, there was two with a barra swap. Can you, can you believe that I paid $300 for my XD Falcon and then set it on fire? Oh, I love after, it. You after know after it I is. blew all the Ford and reverse gears yep. and melted the engine. It's that perfect mm-hmm. 80s. You know what they are? AMG. Long body, Fox body Mustang. <laughs> That's what they are. That's true. Yeah. I didn't come up with that. Yeah. One of my mates said he's like, the reason you like them is because they look like a really long Fox body. I was yeah. like, oh shit. They Actually, they do. They look yeah. like a really long notch Fox. Yeah. But I, I was loving They're it. I can't believe shape. that. It must be because that's probably like the cheapest... Old school Ford now, I'd say. Oh, I, I don't know I, if they're cheap I think, I think the E. I, I can that. tell you that an ED is cheaper. But I think yeah. they're. I think that's be, like uh, as in old 90s. by square. Yeah, but old and cool. It, like square it has, state, correct. Yeah. It, it has street yeah. cred. Whereas your your ED probably doesn't flex as hard. Oh, just quietly. Yeah. Geez, I've got a lot of projects. Uh, ED Falcon now has uh, hoist space allocated. And talent allocated. So my three-year project is about to go again. That's very because exciting. for people that have missed it, uh, I've also got a 1993 ED Falcon, full-blown grandpa spec, uh, sheepskins, the whole bit. Wonderful car. Bought it to film a commercial. Kept it. And then went, hang on, you can throw a turbocharger on these. <laughs> Did that. Put four atmospheres into the engine. 
engine didn't like that. Uh, oil came out of everything. Oh uh, got a Tickford engine off Phil Moonfield, which had been uprated, valve, springs, studs. Did an engine swap on the street with our buddy Sean. Yep. Uh, yep. So big, in the gutter. Big, big late nighter. We don't, allegedly. Um, <laughs> then discovered, yeah, that all the parts didn't cross over. And then it hit a standstill and I ran out of shed space and the shop got sold. That's right. That bad boy's coming back. Excellent. It's been sitting in a shed for a year as I've been chipping away. Because, like, we've um, – so Christian Benoit from Sideways, he's wired in a Haltech. Like, we've done everything. We've put batteries I think his series we've is super underrated, though. Mate, it is an unbelievable car. Because yep. it is a tank. It is that same size. It yep. is that extraordinary width. I think it's quite pretty. It's got the XD wheels on it. It's got yep. the mesh XD wheels. It's going to go. Yeah, that's going to be and, th- and this is the thing is I'm not looking for big power out of it. I just want, you know, 300 horsepower, give or take. Yeah. Really low boost application. Yeah. But I want it to go <laughs> in, in a big grandpa spec car because yeah. I'm just all about the sleeper. So ED coming back. That's sick. So huge news. Huge news. Can't huge news. Because people have asked me, they're like, what on earth is happening with the ED Falcon? I'm like, well, I don't know if you've ever had a project car, but this thing happens where you go, oh, mate, I'll be able to do that in three months. And then mm-hmm. fucking three and a half years later, you still have a paperweight. Yep. That's mm-hmm. right. So that's, that's what I feel is going to happen with my Subaru. It's going yeah. to it's going to grow into the ground. Unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pro- project cars. Uh, we are down to the final twenty minutes of our show. Yeah, gents, do we have anywhere else we'd like to go, or do we wrap it up early and give ourselves a minute? Uh, yeah, I got no. I got any well. More, we, any more we watches you want to talk we about? We got lots. We got lots more. We could go, but not in twenty we, minutes. Yeah, yeah, we we won't ever stop, and that's what I'm that's thinking. It. Is we've probably almost reached yeah. a lovely conclusion. It's almost a radio show. It it feels like a. It kind of is a radio show, mm. isn't it? I was thinking about that the other day because I've always wondered how people would do a radio show. I'm like, how the fuck do you go and talk shit for three hours? Mm. Well, because I think about the people who do those drive <laughs> shows. Obviously, haven't talked to us. <laughs> and, and I find it incredible because I've always thought of that. And I'm like, how? And, but they've got writers and stuff, and they have. Yeah. Yeah, there's, and they've got advertisements adver- and songs yeah, to play. And songs to play. It's like imagine that we'd we'd be here for like a week Mate, filming one show. It, yeah, exactly. We'd need 24 hours to yeah. to film our show. I can't believe how easily time flies when we when do we're this. Talking cars. And I actually right. re-listened to the last episode when I was up late tinkering with other things. I can't believe how much I enjoy yeah. our own show. I feel, great, yeah. I feel really bad about it. I've enjoyed oh, listening I've listened back. to it twice. <laughs> yeah. you? I, I feel really bad about it. I'm yeah. like, fuck, I just listened to myself. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm just listening <laughs> to it's us. It's super yeah. weird. Yeah. But I get really lost in it mm. and I get really drawn into it. Mm. And I... Because I, I rehear things yep. Yep. because we cover so much. That's right. And, and I remember and yeah, listening to the last one, I'd forgotten how much we talked about because mm. I, I only remembered sort of three or four points. And I'm like, geez, we didn't really cover much. And then you go and listen to the show and you're like, holy yeah. crap, we covered some ground. That's right. Mm. There's yeah. a lot of ground to cover. There is a lot of ground to cover. There's so much to talk about. And we're going to be back somehow, some way for episode five. We'll yep. Let Jazz go and uh, – because whereabouts in the UK, mate? I'm heading just uh, – well, let's uh, starting in London. Starting in London. And um, then we're going to see where it goes from there. Um, but I am very keen to, as of, in you know, after next week, settling in next week, to let's get let's get this back up and running I, with the UK yeah. correspondent. I really mm-hmm. want to. And something else, and I'm just going to do it all live here because, mate, we're just doing this by the seat of our pants. Yeah. I mentioned to Rory how much I want to, like, do, like, cut some car review testing and incorporate that yeah. into the show. Exactly. And I've gone and bought 
um, a couple of Rode wireless mics and I've got a little Insta360 thing oh, yeah. so that we can like throw a 360-degree camera yep. in the car, put two microphones in. And just talk and shit. And just dri- yeah. drive the oh, thing. I'm living at the wrong time. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. But what, what I'm going to suggest yeah. is we set you up with the same Yeah, and setup, I'll do it. Mm. And then you can do the same thing over there mm. where you drive the thing, send me the footage back, yep. and we can cut little segments of the things that we enjoy. Because what I really want, and this is just me, I want everything. I want like a fucking three-cylinder starlet hunk of shit that cost $100 and yep. a carton of beers, like all the way up to something special. Yes. I, th- there's no discrimination to me between a 1990 Camry and a fucking no, I agree. Yeah. I want all of it. Mm. So I that's... Yep. I think that's what's probably one of the main things where I think that people kind of like our opinions is because they know all of us don't... Like we were just shitting on an SF90 before, whereas a lot of people... Would just talk about how good it is. Holy crap. Yeah, and it's like, mm-hmm. we, like right. I would 1000% own an EK9 Civic Type R over an SF90, mm. ignoring the value because otherwise I'd take the SF90 and of sell course, it. Of course. Uh, car for car, I'd mm. take Civic Type R all day long. If you wouldn't take the Civic Type R, you have rocks in your head. Like well, it's a better car. Or, or you don't know anything about cars. It is and, the yeah. and you Seiko, only know about car brands. The Seiko yes. watch of cars. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's the Casio. Perfect, cars. perfect it's, the Cassi- it's the calculator yeah. of yeah. cars. Yes. Perfect Japanese. And the SF90 is the Richard Mill. Yeah, that, that <laughs> doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. it, well, it kind of is. Yeah, it's meant to tell the time, but you probably couldn't tell the time if you looked at it. No, because <laughs> yeah. you're yeah. looking yeah. at it. You're looking at all the engineering. Shiny. Skulls, probably yeah, metric diamond encrusted. Well, it's it's purchased for a reason, and uh, you know, yeah, there's a whole there's a whole following. There's a whole it, other thing. And look, I've got to say, I really enjoyed adding the watch house. Yes, into yeah. <laughs> I think you say we should add a horology thing. A, yeah. Adding adding a horology segment mm. because we even had on the chat uh, one of the uh, I think it was Richard said that uh, there was a special edition Nismo. Uh, 400Z watch that it, it, there's a lot of this sort of mm. stuff that happens and I think that there's a gaping hole in the talking about cars and mm. watches yeah. that we need to car, roll into our car yeah, show car related race like engineering do special edition G-Shocks things. and see I didn't even wow. know like that Vol- they can get a cool. Volk racing That's G-Shock cool. and see yeah. my hero Mark Arsenal who's done the illest G-Shock crossovers like oh Mega. mate if we mm. could ever like organise yeah. a G-Shock for mm. yeah. our shenanigans <laughs> and having a <laughs> crossover so G-Shock, like I, I would pay money to make that happen. Yeah, that would be yeah. so I, I don't even need a partnership. I'd just be happy to facilitate it. Just to have Cause, it. Because I've, I've talked to you a little bit about this, Rory, in that like you're, you're not a big person on like car brands and merchandise, like the clothing and yeah, yeah. that sort of stuff. Whereas I love that. I love all the other stuff that a car brand makes that isn't the car. Yep. And right. like Ferrari, Ferrari and Porsche. Aftershave? Yeah, uh, all that stuff. Like I throw off on that. Really? If I was going to build a collection of stuff. I think stuff, that that's disgraceful. That's I what I want to build a collection of. Because that's fucked. I love that shit. That's like that's the worst a, shit ever. I love it. So I, I, I love <laughs> majority of stuff that I wear. I love collecting the toys and Car centric, like majority of stuff I wear is car centric today. Not, yeah, so not is exactly, my, my whole wardrobe. It's is, never is manufacturer. It's yes. always like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, be like Illust or yeah. like I have an animal yeah. style drift crew, or yeah. it'll yeah. be so, World Time Attack. So, or, so, is, yeah. so is my stuff. I don't have any because you know nobody's gonna rock around wearing a Toyota Hilux shirt yeah. and go like big yeah, Ferrari jacket. Shit. 
I do have one of them, but big uh, fro jacket. Mate, I've, yeah. got an, I've got an Aston Martin racing jacket. That's and sick, I've got a Nismo yeah. jacket. I've got an BMW a- jacket. I've got an Abarth jacket. An Abarth jacket. Yeah. You should wear that one. <laughs> Please tell me it was for an X19. Uh, uh, no, like, no, it was for a... It was for a Fiat 500 Abarth. <laughs> and I was like, I'm getting one of them. Because nobody had one. Mm. I love the commitment. And it was made by Kappa. So it was actually a yeah. good quality jacket. But I'll spend I'll spend heaps of money like like I've got a original it actually doesn't fit which sucks because Japanese sizes are really weird like hard I've got an original HKS racing team a bomber jacket oh like Mm. 1990s one yeah oh stop it yeah like big puffy bomber jacket doesn't fit me but it's because it's it it was a large but it's Japanese Japanese large large. which means it comes to like. Comes to like it's my belly top. button. <laughs> yeah. So realistically, we need it framed and up on the wall. Yeah. Which I probably yeah. will. I've also got like an original um, G Ready racing team, uh, like Windbreaker. I've got like I love all that stuff. I've yeah. got a lot of Formula One stuff. Mm. Like I've got all of Schumacher's Decra hats from his '96 to 2000 season. Wow. I've got. Um, my, I went when I went to the. <laughs> this is a funny story. I went to the the 2001 F1 Grand Prix. And at the time, I wanted to get an obscure hat. And I was like, who is lower down the grid that's my favourite driver? And it was Jos Verstappen, Max's dad, who was one of my favourite drivers back <laughs> wow. in the day. So I have a Orange Arrows, Jos Verstappen um, Can't hat. be that many of yeah. those kicking around. That's no. right. Yeah. Wrong with Verstappen. I've also got a, a virgin um, white Richard Branson, which Richard Branson gave to me when he <sighs> landed for FP1 in 2009 for the Braun story I was there standing there he gets out he's got a briefcase with him no he's got a, a, a personal assistant with him and I said oh hey I'm a big fan you know all this sort yeah. of stuff you're here for the and he goes yeah I'm here to sign a thing and he goes oh you're a big fan he points to his mate opens a briefcase pulls out a virgin hat gives it to me and I've gone oh this is awesome and then I see him again the next day for qualifying day when they've just put it on pole and he's in a really good mood, he comes out and he goes, oh, you've got a Virgin Cup. Forgets that he's given it to me the day before. <laughs> thinks that I'm an even bigger fan and signs it for me. So uh, it's That's just a good awesome. brawn memorabilia. I've got Rubens Barakoa signed as well, but not Jensen. But um, yeah, Formula One stuff, I've got a lot of that. Sort of See, stuff, I couldn't ask Jensen when I bumped into him. But, uh, oh, yeah. to sign it. I think he had a falling out with oh, Richard Branson. Oh, we'll get him on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll hit him up over Insta as yeah. long as he's more responsive than Ford Australia, which shouldn't That's be right. hard to beat. Um, yeah. yeah. Considering Shane Jacobson's people have actually come back to I, me. I think yeah, anyone um, is more responsive so, than yeah. you know, Ford. Ford Canada. Ford uh, Australia. I've actually been pursuing Shane for nearly a year to come and chat because that man... Well, it's like long lost family. Mate, not, only, right. not only am I his twin. Not a brother family. from another mother. You guys need to have a DNA test done, honestly. <laughs> I yeah, just it's, need it's a photo disturbingly of side and it cause And then I want to be his stunt double. In <laughs> It's an untapped market <sighs> study. Guys... Let's, that let's was wind great. this up because otherwise we're just going to keep talking smack. We That's will. episode four of Wheelhouse. And In this the is books. Dead Set, the best time ever. Mm. What's our runtime there, Scotty? Uh, our runtime, two hours, 52 minutes. Oh, so All right, so half time. Three hours, so. is good. Yeah, that's yeah good look, time. I think three hours is respectable. It yep. is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, gents, thank you. Jazz, yep. safe travels to Thanks, the everyone. UK. Thanks, everyone. I'm looking forward, forward to... Yeah. yeah. Are you moving there or are you just moving? Oh, moving. Yeah. This is full-blown, mate. That's why we had to. That's, that's why we mobilised so far. That's right. Make we'll it get one more in person. That's yeah. the commitment of the Wheelhouse Podcast. Yeah, we're sending a it's man, yeah. our man in uh, in London. We keep talking about how cheap. <laughs>
cheap cars are over there and how many are getting stolen. Mr. We're Bull going. Bull over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're looking for anything specifically, we can put it into a non-disclosed shipping container That's going right. to a non-disclosed location. That's right. <laughs> we'll have a vehicle siding service for you soon. Yeah. Buying and, and, then our, and then our wheelhouse uh, uh, car security methods. That's, That's right. right. Because we've, we've got uh, Gibbo here showing you how to defeat I'll be the them. product tester. So <laughs> if Gibbo can't get past it, we know it's good. We're good to go. That's right. Yeah. All right, rock and roll. Wheelhouse Everybody, thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next time. Cheers, right. everyone. See you, guys. See ya. Awesome. Oh.